What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Monday, October 30th, 2023, and the Buck and I are with you until 10 o'clock on today's show. The Texas Longhorns dominate the BYU Cougars. The Dallas Cowboys dominate the LA Rams and the Houston Texans are still the Houston Texans. Plus some thoughts on the World Series as Game 3 gets going tonight in Arizona. And we'll recap the biggest games of the college and NFL weekend. We are locked. We are loaded. We are ready to roll for the next two hours. And on top of all of that, we've got a big announcement. I'll say a couple of big announcements that we are going to be making at 9 o'clock this morning. We are loaded. What's going on, Buck? I am doing fantastic, BK. How about you? A little change in the weather there outside? The heat's on. Wow. Somebody called Glenn Fry and let him know the heat is on. The heat is on for sure. Not here at this house yet. We haven't done that. We just we turned the air conditioning off this weekend, but the heat has not popped on. But tonight, yeah, the heat will be on, believe me, because I've got my – look. Where, which side? Oh, here it is. Look. How sweet are those? Those are nice. And it's perfect this morning upstairs, let me tell you. Mm, got my cap, got my got my little sweatshirt on. It's 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 cool in this house. And that's one thing about this house. We did a good job of insulating the house though. When I mean it, it could be colder, but when this baby gets when that air condition kicks on, thank you to our folks, you know, our, our good our good sponsor there. I mean, when it kicks on, either way, when the heat's on. You know, or when when the air conditioning's on, this baby is right exactly the way it's supposed to be. Woods Comfort uh, Systems is absolutely the best. Yes, Thank you man. to those folks. Absolutely, and shout out to our friends at Waterloo Printing for the pullover that yeah, you're man. Today, yep, they hooked us up with a few of those. Those are slick looking. They are slick. They are comfortable as well. And of course, thanks to our friends at Last Stand Hats for the hat that you're wearing, for the hat that I'm wearing. Uh, we are looking good on a Monday morning, and it's kind of nice. I mean, it, it's cold. feels like we skipped fall and went straight to winter. Now, the temperatures that we have today in Austin aren't going to be the temperatures that we have for like the next couple of weeks. This is just uh, the start of a random cold front that's blowing through, but the high today is 48. It's supposed to rain a lot today, and I think the low at some point this week is like 33, so Get ready for that, but uh, this stuff shouldn't last too long. And the good news, if you're making your way out to DKR this coming Saturday for the biggest home game of the year, uh, early weather forecast, and we know the weather guessers are never wrong, uh, the highest 78 for that game on oh, Saturday. God. So that would be perfect if that's able to hold true. Uh, yeah. What a football weekend, by the way. No, uh, doubt, we no doubt about it, man. Let me say good morning to the yeah. soldiers at Fort Cavazas, Texas the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this world. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated. And please be safe. Be Amen. very, very safe. Amen. Well said, my friend. Well said, my friend. Yeah, if you're a Longhorn and Cowboys fan, you're feeling pretty damn good based on what happened over the last couple of days. A couple of people asking me to drop a rock chalk. Well, I'll drop a rock chalk. How about those Kansas Jayhawks? knocking off the Oklahoma Sooners. Buck, we've got a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12 right now. By the way, Kansas is not a part of that. Kansas is 3-2, and two, 
in league play. But Seems like they should be a part of this deal. I know, I know. Well, they're the uh, third highest ranked team in the Big 12 right now. You've got Texas, who is now ahead of Oklahoma. Texas still ranked number seven. Oklahoma dropped to number 10. Kansas is number 22. And, of course, the team that Texas will play this weekend, Kansas State, is back into the top 25 at number 25. But, um, no, you've got five teams that are 4-1 and one in the Big 12. It's Texas. It's Oklahoma. It's Oklahoma State who all of a sudden is playing some pretty good football. It's Iowa State, who I don't think anybody bet on this. All of a sudden, they're playing some pretty good football. And it is, of course, Kansas State who comes to town this Saturday. So you've got Bedlam, OU and OSU this weekend, and you've got Texas and Kansas State this weekend. So we'll have a clearer picture of who the real contenders are in this conference after next weekend. But we've got some chaos at the top of the Big 12 right now. Yes, and we need that, and we want that. But it'll it'll all come out. It'll come out in a wash here over the next two weeks, really. Yeah. See how that holds up. Why is Iowa State a part of this? That should be Lubbock, shouldn't it? Your mark, you? No, they shouldn't be a part of it. They're no good. Now, the good news for Texas Tech fans is they didn't lose over the weekend. The bad, <laughs> the bad news is they didn't play anybody. So they also did not win over the weekend and neither did any of my picks oh yeah i guess we really should have started there congratulations to bucky godbolt who is now down twenty-one thousand units does that seem like a lot yes because it is a (laughs) lot i mean it really is incredible hopefully the people out there faded you we gave the warning that you need to be fading the buck with these picks because well he was down ten thousand units going into the weekend And uh, if recent history told you anything, it should have told you that you should have done the exact opposite of what the buck had. And yeah, 0 for 3, including going 0 for 2 on 5,000 unit plays. Buck, only you can prevent wildfires and only you can cause the Chiefs to lose to the Broncos. They had won 16 straight. Denver hadn't beaten Kansas City since Peyton Manning was its quarterback. And because you had 5,000 units on the Chiefs yesterday, the Broncos were able to find a way to not only cover, but win that game outright. Congrats to you, man. That was horrifying to watch. Oh. It was. Even worse was the Boston College game. Well, My at, least, at least Boston College won. Now, you had a minus 14 against UConn, and they only won by seven. Uh, your other 5,000-unit play was the, uh, the Colts over the Saints you really bet against the boy on the bicycle, didn't you? I you did. really thought that and was a good idea. On a weekend that he was supposed to show up at the stadium, which he didn't, thank goodness. Mm. Wow, that was that was a good thing. I don't think he could have helped that BYU team. Well, I don't know about that. That guy, yeah, is, that, that you guy know, shows up, he's a saint. Yeah, it would have happened. Texas only won by 29. I think Voldemort is responsible for at least 30 points. That's true. So... Yeah, but there you go. So now the buck is down 21,000 units. Uh, if you can't eat, don't get mad at me. Get mad at the buck. This is his fault. I shall return. Believe me. I will bring you back. I will bring you people back. That's right. There's plenty of time to go. We haven't even done We're not even done the first semester of school yet. Well, so football season only lasts a semester. What are you talking about? Wait a minute. The national championship game is like in February. Come on. We still got that. The January. Oh, man, who's in February? Oh, that's the Super Bowl. We got the yeah. Super Bowl. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, well, you're running out of time, my friend. 
Oh my God. It's, it really is incredible. So yeah, uh, rent is due, but a lot of people won't be home or won't be able to pay it. They will be homeless. Yeah. Thanks to well, the buck. You'll be home for Christmas. You people. That's yeah. right. No vacationing, no going to see relatives. Stay right where you are. Sorry about that folks. Um, Texas 35 BYU six on its surface buck. It's a 29 point win over a five and two team. With a backup quarterback. Pretty damn impressive. And all things considered, I think most Longhorn fans are pretty happy with what took place at DKR on Saturday. Um, But only two of the three phases really showed up for the Longhorns in this win. Now, the offense did enough. They made some plays. We'll talk about them. But this one really was about the defense and the special teams. One thing you did predict, right? Yes, Xavier Worthy punt return touchdown. That started the scoring for the Longhorns. Happy to see him get into the end zone. The defense and the special teams absolutely showed up. And, Buck, you talked about it. When you're starting quarterbacks out, you need the other phases to carry some extra weight. And the other two phases really did that for the Longhorns. Yeah, they did it, and they did it early. That punt return was smooth as can be, well blocked. Great move by Xavier Worthy to get to the end zone to get him going. You know, i a little disappointed in the offensive line play. Once again, that was a group that I thought that they should have handled. They did They did not. They didn't do very much in the running game. They were just okay. I mean, they could have run the ball and won the football game because BYU's offense was just was just horrible. So I, I thought the defensive line played well. I didn't think the offensive line played well. I thought everything that you needed to do with your quarterback, you had to do. There was, you know, I know there are going to be some people that – aren't so happy with Malik Murphy. They didn't, they didn't think he played well enough. They thought he turned the ball over. They didn't think he could make a long drive. He's just kind of an average quarterback. But you had to find out what you had. I mean, of course you could have turned around and handed the ball off to Jonathan Brooks 45 times if you wanted to, but you were in no danger of losing that football game. So why would you do that? You needed to find out what your quarterback was about. I don't know if you found out everything about him. I just knew I thought he passed. I thought he kind of passed the test. I'm not saying he passed the test with flying colors. You know, Sark could talk about this was an open book test. I thought he was okay for his first game. He didn't look nervous. I, I didn't think there were some guys that could have helped him out a little bit more like that offensive line could have. I thought the coach could have helped him out at, at a certain point. And, but why did the coach need to help him out? I mean, he had to do the things that a quarterback needed to do. You know, he fumbled the ball away, two guys missed a block. He turned the ball over there. You still got to take care of that ball. Can't put it up on in your face mask. Got to hold on to it tight before you drop. try to drop it off to a screen. But that's on you. Two guys come open clean. Two, two guys miss a block. One guy comes open clean on the outside. You're underneath center, which I'm pretty sure you didn't practice a lot of that, which is really weird for this team. I saw quarterback under center a couple times. Maybe that's the new wrinkle that Sark has now. But – uh, he could have got a little help, a little more help, I thought, from the offensive line in the passing game. He threw a pick that was kind of on him. Yep. But no matter what, you got to take care of the football. And in a championship play, and these are all championship game now with, with five teams tied at first place. Can't do that against K State. You'll lose the foot. That'll lose you. Those two turnovers will lose you a game yeah. right there. But I, the, the coach didn't have to call. They ran the ball to the 10 yard line. Why you even drop back to pass? Let Jonathan Brooks carry the ball on in there. Give your offensive line some momentum. But once again, I mean, that's a two-way street for me right there. I thought that was a bad play call. But in all, you're never threatened in the game, and you still have to find out what your quarterback can do and what he can't do. Yeah, and Right there, he can't fumble that ball away. He's got to take – I don't care if 11 guys came clean. 
he can't put that ball on the ground. He can't turn that ball over. Right. Yeah, you're talking about the play where Malik Murphy fumbled, right? One of his yeah. two turnovers. And, yeah, it was a first and goal from the BYU 10-yard line. Texas actually went under center for that play. Now, yeah. they actually ran that play against Oklahoma State last year for a touchdown, and it worked perfectly. Like, basically that exact same look, and it turned into a screen pass, and Oklahoma State's defense was confused, and Texas turned it into six points. Uh, they tried it on Saturday, and like you said, you know, Christian Jones, the right tackle, and Jonathan Brooks, they both whiffed on the same dude. So credit the BYU player. He made a play. He got free, and he hit Malik Murphy before Texas could actually execute the screen. Right. He was going to Xavier Worthy this time around. It looked like Xavier Worthy had some green grass. It didn't look like a horrible play call. It just wasn't blocked well. And like you said, I mean, Murphy, tough spot for him. He got hit way earlier than he expected. You would like for him, look, take the sack. Like, live to fight another day. Don't sure. cough the football up when you're in the red zone like that. Yeah, I'd, look, um, I'd, like, for the, I'd like for the head coach to get the running back who ran it down there with a couple of three or four carries to the 10-yard line, finish that thing off, and yeah. don't put your quarterback in that situation. But, once again, your quarterback needed to be in situations. You weren't going to lose the game. So, what were you going to get out of turning around and handing the ball off all day? Nothing for your quarterback. You know, you had to find out what he could do and what he couldn't do. And that's the one that's on him. He's the quarterback. Take care of the ball. As I said, if 11 of them come clean, your job is not to fumble that away. Yeah. Whether you're I, under the, under, in the shotgun or under the center, that's take care of the football. Don't have it in the front of your face holding it with one hand. Put two hands on it and go down, like you said. Live to play another down. That's what would have happened if he would have taken care of the ball. Yeah. No guys you can't whiff. You have to help him out. But you did whiff. So the next guy in charge is the quarterback, and he didn't take care of the football. But yeah. the first guy in charge is the guy who called that dadgum play after they ran it down there. So well, I'm going to give that a 50-50 on Sark. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how – like, it didn't work, so I guess you can blame the play call. But once again, uh, if, if a guy – if two guys block one dude, then it might have been a touchdown. Like, sure. I, I, I can't blame Sark too much. There plenty, there's plenty of play calls to be critical of Steve Sarkeesian for in that game on Saturday. But that, that to me is not one of them. But, hey, it didn't work, so I don't think you're alone with that criticism. Yeah, I just didn't – I didn't see him call a, 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 a lot of bad plays for the kid. I just saw him – I saw a coach that understood kind of, you know, not an arrogant coach, but a coach that understood that that team is not going to – that, that team is not going to catch you if you get into the 20s. They're just not going to catch you. So what do I need to do? I need to find out what my quarterback can do. Can he throw the ball down the field? Can he lead this team, you know, in some tight situations? And I, I found out, you know, I think he, I think we all found out a lot that this kid needs a lot of help. Yeah. Well, I think he most quarterbacks, he, yeah. I think most quarterbacks making their first career start, sure, need some help. I mean, Malik Murphy was okay on Saturday. I thought he did respond pretty well to those two first half turnovers that he had. Mm -hmm. I mean, his stat line's relatively pedestrian, right? 16 of 25 sure. for 170 yards. But there'll yeah, be those that said he they'll say they'll say he didn't need to throw it that many times. But you know, why not? Why I mean they, they ran it, they ran it 10 more times than they threw it. It's not like they were just putting the ball in Malik Murphy's hands the whole game. They lost the time of possession battle. BYU had like an 11 minute drive in the second quarter, which basically kept the Texas offense on the field for that entire quarter. Like they I mean, they ran it more than they threw it. So I don't I don't think like 25 times, okay, that's not an excessively high number of pass attempts for Malik Murphy in his first game. Yeah, I mean, we said between 20 and 30 passes. So yeah, that's that's all right. That's that that was fine. As I said, you had to there's things that you had to do as a coach to find out about 
your quarterback because there's going to be a, a time where he's going to have to throw 30, 35 balls if he's the quarterback. So yeah. can he do it? So let's put him in situ- – not let's put him in situations. He was just in that situation where that team was not going to beat you. Yeah, yeah. The defense, no. the defense, and special teams did oh. more than enough for Texas. I mean, they kept BYU out of the end zone, which I know BYU is not the best team in the world. Uh, they did come into this game with the worst total offense in the Big Twelve. So we talked about this as a potential get-right game for the Longhorn defense. Yeah, and they did bad performances, and they did. They they got right I with mean, the exception of that ten-minute. Like I went out and had lunch and came back, and then yeah. that after that turnover by Malik. I went, I can, I went, started making something to eat. I came back. They still were driving the ball. They had the ball for like, it seemed like 15 minutes, like a whole quarter. What, what, what was the deal with that? Hey, can you get three and out, please? Get them off the field. Man, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal, but uh, they did force a field goal. Yes, the they only got three out of that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of a backbreaker for BYU, right? Obviously, it's oh, yeah, frustrating. For sure. I mean, the drive went nine minutes and 57 seconds. Wow. Like You don't want to give that up if you're a defense, but uh, sort of demoralizing for BYU that they held the football for 10 minutes and they couldn't even get into the end zone. And there was some weird timeout situation at the end of that drive where it thought uh, I thought that BYU was going to go for it, and they ultimately decided to trot the field goal team out there and uh, Texas bowed up when it needed to. So, man, I, I, I won't complain at all about a defense that doesn't give up a touchdown in a four-quarter football game. I mean, you could do that against a D3 school, and I'd be happy. But to do it against a BYU team, once again, far from the best offensive numbers in this no. conference or in college football, but to hold a, a Big 12 team, once again, that came into this game 5-2 and two on the year to hold them out of the end zone for 60 minutes, that's pretty, pretty impressive right there for this Texas defense. So that was great. We were looking for a bounce back from them because the Oklahoma game was ugly and the second half of the Houston game was really, really ugly. So for that group, they were in the backfield all day long. I mean, we'll get back to the quarterback or we'll get back to the Texas offense, but I think that's the good. That's the biggest good or the goodest good for Texas is just how much havoc the defensive front was able to cause on Saturday. And that's what we've wanted to see all year. And it wasn't like that was the first time we had seen it from this Texas defensive line. But I think a lot of folks, myself included, felt like that was the strength of this defense going into the season, the guys that they had up front. And, man, how about 12 tackles for a loss on Saturday? That's a season high. Three takeaways on Saturday. That ties a season high. BYU was just 3 of 14 on third down in this football game. They had less than five yards per pass attempt. They had less than four yards per carry. I mean, pretty much by every single defensive metric, the Texas defense dominated on Saturday, and that was a night and day difference from what we had. Absolutely. Those those illegal picks didn't bother them. Nope. They were covering guys. I mean, it was that was nice to see that one particular drive was it, where they gave up the three. Other than that, they were all over the quarterback. They were all over the offensive line, and they couldn't run it a lick. You know, the pregame show, I said they can't run at the length of that desk. I don't think they got – that desk was – I don't know. That desk was probably, I don't know, six, seven yards. I don't know if they had that much for the day. They just – they got stymied. They, they they couldn't do anything on the ground. You know, and generally a, a team in a series will have that one run against Texas. It didn't happen. I think – what was the longest run there? 12 yards maybe? Mm. 11-yard run maybe? Eden Slovis actually had a 21-yarder. Okay in the game i mean byu did run for 95 yards a lot of those came in the fourth quarter when the game was already in hand and texas had some backups on the field 
But still, I mean, the Texas, like, yeah, if you watch the game, you know how dominant the defensive line was. That's that's one where the box score doesn't really tell the story. Like, the Texas run defense was incredibly stout up front. And BYU's starting running back, by the way, didn't play. That was kind of a surprise. Like, their leading rusher uh, going into the game, I hadn't heard anything about him not being good to go on Saturday, but he did not go on Saturday. So, it's tough sledding trying to run against this Texas defense, even when you are 100% healthy. When you don't have your uh, your best horse back there, that makes it even tougher. So, yeah, I mean, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy, they've been the story. And I wanted more from them in the past game, too. I thought they were great rushing the passer up the middle of that defense. But those two guys are freaking studs, man. And they just imposed their will on those 40-year-old yeah, Jehovah's them on the Witches. defensive side, please. Once again, I saw Byron Murphy down at the <laughs> goal line. I mean, I almost – I almost shat on myself when I saw that Sark trying to prove a point to us all, to every one of us, that it's going to happen. No matter what, he's going to prove it to you people that he's the genius out there at the goal line. He's going to bring that defensive player in there with that big ass and stick him in front of the running back, and it's going to get what it got again on Saturday, slam dunked on a run play. I don't know why he continues to try to prove that point. Coach, give us something else. Give us a wide receiver in the backfield. But please don't bring Byron Murphy or one of those other sluggos in there. They know where the ball is going, and those guys aren't blockers. They get hammered now. The linebackers just run right at them and take their legs out from under them. I will say this. like That wasn't the first red zone play Texas tried on Saturday. They tried 10 other things that didn't work before they went to that (laughs) one that didn't work. So It's not like Sark was as stubborn with it as he was against Oklahoma, where literally – He did it one time, right? Was that just the one time? Okay. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean, the OU game, obviously, it was three plays in a row when you had first and goal from the one, and that was just stubborn and stupid. Uh, this time he tried it. He did bring a defensive player out onto the field for, I think, one red zone snap, and uh, it didn't work. And really, the Texas Reds, I mean, th- this game, like 35 to six, once again, the overarching point for me today is the fact that you won a game by 30 points with a backup quarterback against a team that was five and two. Like yeah. that, that's great. That is great. And the defense was awesome, and the special teams was awesome, and obviously your offense was able to do enough to win this game and to cover. What do they say, Buck? Good teams win, great teams cover. Yeah. Like, th- there's there's not a ton to be super critical of no. in Texas, all things considered, but this red zone offense, that's the thing to be critical of. You feel like if Texas was able to figure out their issues in the red zone, this game could have been 49-6 to six instead of 35-6. Sure. to six. Like, I'm not going to say there were any tough or tense moments in the second half of that game, but you felt like Texas was dominating BYU really from the opening kick. And you're looking at the scoreboard and it's like, ah, it's 21 to six. You know, it's like a BYU finds their way into the end zone. Then all of a sudden we have ourselves a football game and it really doesn't feel like this should be anything close to a football game. And that's all because Texas just continues to struggle in the red zone and they're the 120th team in the country now in red zone touchdown percentage. And, and the thing is, like, I've seen people say, oh, man, this Texas offense, like, just wait until they peak. Wait until they peak. Like, they're close. They're still scoring a lot. They've scored 30-plus in every game, despite them being one of the worst red zone offenses in the country. Just wait till they figure out their red zone issues. Dude, we're, we're eight games into the season. And I, I just think this red zone offense is what it is at this point like maybe it could be better than what it was on Saturday but if you're expecting this red zone offense to all of a sudden convert touchdowns every single time they get inside the 20 uh, I think you're gonna have a bad time because this group just hasn't shown the ability to do that consistently 
Well, from this point on, they'll be taking a bunch of field goals when they don't. These fourth and fours and all that stuff, they better take the three points against teams like Kansas State and TCU and these teams where you need the points and the points will matter at the end of the game because you're now in dogfight territory from this point on with the exception of that one team that will be coming here on Thanksgiving. Everything else will be a dogfight, I believe. It just yeah. will. Yeah. Iowa State included on the road. So when the points are there, you got to take the points now. Ah, man, I, I guess so. Like, it's such a weird predicament. It's not like Sark is making these crazy bold decisions to go for it on these fourth downs, right? Like, the analytics tell you that he's making the right calls by keeping the offense on the field. But with this offense being as bad as it is in the red area, you almost feel like the right move is to say, to hell with the analytics, let's just take the three points. Yes. Like, I, it's it's one of those things where it's like, ah, I, you know, I, I want to see the offense on the field in those spots, but. I also want to see the offense score touchdowns instead of getting stuffed on fourth down. I mean, they had a drive stop at the one yard line and they had a, a drive stuffed at the three yard line. Like you should be able to convert those with all of the talent that you have on offense. Those should be easy touchdowns for Texas. But once again, we're two months of games into the season and we're still talking about well, that. He, being an issue. he refuses to spread people out. He still wants to clog things up. He thinks he's got this, you know, he wants to show the physicality because he talks about that an awful lot. You know, we're playing against a, we're playing against a physical team, but we're going to show them how physical we are. You're not as physical as you think on the offensive line, coach. You're really not. No. Those guys are not as physical as, as you think. You've got a fantastic runner that's been making some guys miss. You've had, you, by the way, you've done this for two years. You had another physical runner last year that you underused, but now you've got another physical runner your offensive line is not like you think they are. They're not that get down and dirty group. They're just not. No. Yeah. And there was that one possession where Texas had a first and goal from the five and they ran it four times or they ran four plays and didn't score. But Jonathan Brooks didn't touch the football in any of those plays. And it's like, how, how do you justify that? Like that's your best offensive player. That guy was having a ton of success on the ground in this game like, why can we not find a way to get him the ball? Yeah, you know? I just think if you spread them out, BK, I don't care if you three throw four wides to one side. People have to come out and cover them because then they're going to think, sorry, well, he's never going to run this ball that, that close to all these guys because Jonathan Brooks only needs a little bit of a crease. He only needs you to get out of position. It's not that it, It's not that he, we need the offensive line to push guys over. Well, you need that too, but you just need enough body, a body on a body and not some guy getting dominated when you're when they're stacking when you stack a fat ass in front of him and think you're going to push it in there and your offensive line is going to drive them back. They don't drive them back. No. They get a stalemate at best, and and a stalemate for Jonathan Brooks right now it means he's going to get two yards well, if you give him a stalemate. I'm not letting Steve Sarkeesian off the hook, but God, this offensive line is just like you said. They're not nearly as physical as as you would no. like for them to be, and that really shows up in the red area too. And it, it it's baffling just because the offensive line was better last year than it is this year. And you didn't think that was going to be the case, right? Considering that you had all five guys from that group back, everybody's obviously a year older, which makes you think they're going to be a year better. And it's just too inconsistent. Now they've dealt with some injuries, obviously, you know, Jake majors. I don't know if he's hundred percent right now. Cole Hudson coming back, playing some on Saturday was good to see. I don't think he's hundred percent right now, but uh, it's it's just like DJ Campbell. It's kind of weird. It feels like he's flipped a little bit. 
Like last year, he was a way better run blocker, a way better run blocker than pass blocker. And this year, it almost feels like the opposite. Like he's improved his pass blocking a lot, which is great. We wanted to see that. But it feels like his run blocking has kind of regressed a little bit. Well, this and, is a, offensively, this is a finesse team. And that's that's they, they still remind me of. I know you've got a, a fantastic runner, but I think they play a lot of finesse football. I, I I do, and and down there, that's where it is. That's such a mindset, BK. Now that that red zone is a mindset of, oh no, we're not getting cute down here. You're about to get hammered. We've been looking. We haven't seen that since. We haven't seen that since Alabama. We really haven't. This group is kind of finessey. They get some things done. Their 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 ball carrier bounces off guys. And goes in, he gets a 25-yard touchdown run. Because I'm always expect for him to have that long run, which he, he doesn't let you down. But I don't think they trust him. That's what he's going to do. So they'd rather kind of throw the ball or run some quick screen or something down at that, that, at that area. But yeah. when they get to the goal line, there's no finesse down there. That is, no. that's, that's, you got big you – your guys are 300-some pounds going into their second year of football on an offensive line that everybody expected – to be a physical group, and they're not physical. This red zone offense is so bad, it's got me wanting to try a goal line fade, and I hate the goal line fade, but those are at least like 50-50 plays. What Texas is running in the red zone right now feels like 20-80 plays. But how about a slant? How about you get a one-on-one on the outside and just run a slant with Worthy or Mitchell or somebody like that? Like When you do throw it there, you don't have to throw it behind the line of scrimmage every single time and just hope that it gets into the end zone. Like you can actually run routes that get in to the end zone. You can spread to run a little bit more. I did like seeing the red cat uh, a couple of times. They tried it. They picked up a few yards on it. I think maybe they tried it a couple of times too many when they got in that area. Yeah. That's become their offense down there. It looks like almost. Yeah. I mean, they had a first and goal from the 10 on one of the series and And it came in as a first down run. I was like, huh? Well, they got five yards on their wildcat, and then they tried it again and got two yards on it. So, like, you kind of got there, but then a couple of passes. Were you waiting for it on the third down, too? Yeah, they probably (laughs) were. Shoot. Let's hear from Sark. We've got plenty of Sark audio to get to. Uh, Here's a little bit just recapping the offense, and he does talk a little bit about his frustration that all of us feel with the lack of success in the red area. And I thought offensively, you know, for Malik making his first career start, I was really proud of him. Um, You know, I – we had opportunities there for the game to, to go in a, in a little better direction, a little smoother direction. Um, and, and naturally, we just didn't finish those drives in the red area. And so, you know, I'd be, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you there's a level of frustration as it pertains to that. Um, and, and we've got to, we got to continue to dig deep into that, into the things that we do well, uh, and how do we emphasize that to, to score more points when we have opportunities to. Um, but but for Malik to come out and play the way that he did, uh, it's unfortunate he had a couple of those turnovers, which you know were quite frankly a little bit because we're a little out of rhythm. And I think we can clean some of that rhythm up uh, as he gets a little bit more comfortable um, as we move forward. So there's Sark talking about the offense, Buck. Okay, well I didn't hear that. I hope the, the folks heard it out there because I got none of that. You didn't hear that? I did not. But that's all right. Okay, folks cool. out there, let me know. YouTube comments or the uh, code of text line, 512-222-9328. Uh, doesn't do good if I'm the only one hearing the sound. That what was, I mean, was he was he disappointed or he thought there was some – did he talk about himself, call, the play calling again, or did he just talk about 
the execution of the plays were called. Uh, I'm getting a lot of yeses in terms of whether or not people heard it, but okay. you do have the sound on your computer clearly because you yes. can hear me, right? You're right. not just guessing what I'm saying. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. It. I'm not gonna play the whole thing again because everyone's already heard it, but I'm gonna try it for you and and see if you hear this. Shake your head yes or no. Uh, and I thought offensively, you know, for Malik making his first career start, I was really Anything? proud of him. That's a no, that's a negative there, Ghostbuster. Mm. Ghostbuster. I think it's yeah. Ghost Rider is what you were looking whatever, for there, guy. Whatever those things are. Uh, I'm sure if you fell asleep or something over there. No, no. Uh, Stark basically said he's frustrated with the red zone offense. Um, they've got to find a way to fit, have more success down there. They've got to do what they do well. Focus on what they do well and make sure they're emphasizing that when they get to the red area. He basically said that you know the offense did enough, but the game could have gone in a different direction if the offense was able to convert more red zone trips. No doubt. So that's, that's basically it. Then he started talking about Malik at the end and said, yeah, Malik had a couple of turnovers because the offense was out of rhythm, but it was good to see him settle down and come into his own a little bit and play pretty well over the course of the game. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm of the Kirby smart theory. Hey, we don't give a damn about the red zone. Cause we score right outside the red zone. We go ahead and score. We can score from 30 yards out. We don't worry about numbers in the red zone. We just, we make sure that we, if we can score long touchdowns, we will. And this group kind of score does that. You know, here's they get a lot of long touchdowns. Yeah, here's what Texas needs to do. There was actually a drive on Saturday. I can't remember which touchdown it was. But Texas got to the 10-yard line and had a first and goal from the 10. And on that play, Gunnar Helm had a false start. It moved yes. Texas back five yards. And normally, you're like, shit, man. Here we go. I know, like, yeah. In this part of the field, you're going to have a false start? Like, come on, dude. Like, we can't do this. We can't turn – first and goal from the 10 and the first and goal from the 15. Well, Texas scored on the next play. So maybe that's what Texas needs to do. We need Gunnar Helm to be the designated false start guy to where if Texas is ever inside the 10 yard line, we need a false start to move them outside the 10 to give this offense a little bit more space so they can actually score touchdowns because yeah, yeah they're, they're able about to the scoring zone and score outside of the damn yeah, scoring just, zone. Just move your, yeah, if you want to go all the way back to the 25, I don't care. Sure. Just, just move away from goal to go get further away from the goal line, and then it feels like you're more likely to score touchdowns than uh, than you are when you're actually right there knocking on the doorstep, which is baffling, and it makes absolutely no sense. But that's just the way it's been for this Texas group right now. Well, and, and for Malik Murphy, I thought he did everything that he needed to do as a first-time starter. I was much more worried about that kid than I was, you know, when the game was over with because I was extremely worried about what and it, it wasn't so much of what they would do around him, and I think they still did enough, ex with the exception of the offensive line. They just got to play better. Period. That's they need to do more when it comes to run blocking and pass protection. And that just may have been just an off game, which they won by you know it was thirty five to six. So yeah. cut me a break. They won the game. People went into that game worrying if they were going to cover the spread. They went into that game worrying about hey, let's just win by a field goal. Let's just move on as we're trying to get to a championship. Let's Let's see if we can get to getting the starting the other quarterback back, getting him healthy. Let's see what the what the backup can do for a couple games. Because uh, when Quinn Yours gets ready, he's going to come in there and play. When, yeah. if, when Quinn Yours, if, if Malik Murphy can handle this for the next couple of weeks and get wins, the other guys when he gets healthy and can throw the ball, he's coming back. The natural thrower of, of the football and the guy who started this whole thing out will come back and be the guy. They're right. they're going to do that. I. I already had that in my in my mind because 
Malik Murphy still needs a bunch of work. You know what I'm saying? He got a bunch of work. He got more work than he really, really needed because they could have won, as I said, BK, they could have won that game in the 40s. They could have been in the – if they were to run the football and really run it and loaded up Jonathan Brooks, he only had 98 yards. If they let that kid run for 160 yards, and he could have, I believe, and, you know, I don't care who was blue or whoever it is, they could have rushed the ball for 100, almost 200 yards if they wanted to. But once again, why would you do that? I think Sark did the right thing. People are going to be upset at him saying, well, why don't we just saddle it up? Because you don't find out anything about your quarterback if you just saddle it up. You know what you have at running back. Yeah, you could win, but you were never in any danger of losing that game by doing the things that you did. So you had to do those things to find out about your quarterback. I mean, that was that was smart on his part. I thought, you know, when, when I know people had to be thinking, well, why don't we just run? Why don't we just run the ball? We just have to win the football game. No, that kid's going to be your quarterback for the next couple of weeks. What can he do and what can he do? And you had right. to find out because you were in no danger. They weren't going to score enough points to beat you. No, no. Once again, I mean, Texas did run the ball 35 times and they threw it 25 times. Now, you could have run it 40 to 45 and thrown it 15 to 20 sure. if you really wanted to. But What would you find out about the quarterback? The, uh, the big thing, like nine of the first 10 plays were pass plays. Yeah, that's the one that scared me. So they wanted to get Malik Murphy into a rhythm, clearly, early. And Sark talked about that in the postgame. Uh, I'm going to play this. Hopefully you can hear this one, Buck. But okay. our, our listeners, I think, will get a kick out of this. And if you can't hear it, I'll, I'll explain what Sark says. But okay. here's Sarkeesian in the postgame talking about the opening script because I think a lot of us expected Texas to just run the ball early, right? Like, oh, you got a backup quarterback in there. Just hand it off to Jonathan Brooks. He's your best player. Let him go to work and send a message to BYU that, uh, hey, we, even though you might be expecting us to run it a bunch, we're still going to run it a bunch, and we're going to have success running it down your throat. Here's uh, Sark talking about Texas not doing that and instead throwing the football a lot early in the game. Sometimes the best way to, to get rid of any of the jitters a guy might have is let him go play. And, and not that I didn't think we could run it or not. Um, I, I just feel like, man, when I was a quarterback and, and if my first time I went out there, Give me some throws, you know, don't make me wait till it's third and nine. And now I have to throw it to try to make a play. And um, I, I thought there were some good throws in there. You know, I, I really, you know, the, the, I like the throw to Xavier kind of deep across the field. We didn't get the pass interference call, but it was a great read by him. You know, he, he found AD, um, you know, so th there were some things in there that, that I think were good for him. And it kind of got him playing football again. And, you know, a week ago when he went in against Houston, he really only had that, you know, the two throws there for an entire quarter. And we can't play football just lining up thinking we're going to run it, you know, 10 out of 12 plays the whole game. And it, we, we need balance. And so to get him out there and, and letting him go play, I thought was good for him. Um, and I thought it was good for us in that, you know, there's going to be a lot of growth for him out of it uh, as well as us as a team. All right. I take it you did not hear that one either. No. What did dude say? Yeah. He basically said we needed to be balanced as an offense. Uh, we can't just run it on 10 out of every 12 plays like they did last week when Malik Murphy came into the game in Houston where he only threw it twice. And they just wanted to get him into a rhythm early. And, yeah, they wanted to be a multidimensional, balanced offense, which I thought they were a pretty balanced offense. Like, I was surprised I would have ran it more early. I'm not going revisionist history like late last week and during our pregame show on Saturday. I think we both said we wanted Texas to run it early to take some pressure off Malik. But sure. uh, that's not what Sark did. But I thought overall, in terms of just, you know, a play calling standpoint outside of the red area, I thought Texas did have some nice balance on offense. Well, he didn't need to take any pressure off of him when – 
after that punt return, after the interception, then the punt return for a touchdown, he he started – you, you know, you could start getting a feel for what that offense was like at BYU against the defense of Texas, and you were probably going, we're not losing this game against these guys. So let me let this guy throw the ball. Let, he needs to do some things. We need to find out what he can do. And so I think – I mean, that was – it was okay. It, it really was. I I just get disturbed. The only thing that disturbs me is when you run the ball down to the to the 10-yard line. When your running back is going and you get a ball – in the scoring zone, and you've got first and goal, and your first thought is to drop a screen off after your running backs had two straight runs getting you to where you needed to go, that's when you show me with your offensive line, we are not here. To, we're not bullshitting around. We're about to run this ball down your throat for a touchdown. You know, if you got it, we got. if I got you to the 10, I'll get you 10 more yards into the yeah. end zone. But then to throw it, I, I mean, that's not finding out what the guy can do right there to me. That's just – that that just that was one of those ones that didn't make sense. That's where everybody will, will question that a little bit. But I think what he did when it when it came to 90% of the football game, when it came to offensive play calling, with the exception of what goes on at the goal line and some of that stuff in the scoring zone, he did what he had to do as a coach to find out about his quarterback. Right. You know, right. There people, yeah. there, there's gonna be people that have all kinds of opinions about Malik Murphy. Is he good enough? Oh no, he's not good enough. No, he's not Vince Young. No, he's not this. No, he's not that. Yes, he can do this. There are going to be people that are, yes, he can handle reads and all that stuff. There are going to be people that have all kinds of opinions about it. But to, in order to have an opinion, you have to see him do a little bit of everything. And I think the, the head coach gave him an opportunity to do all that with the exception of that one time for me. That's it. The mm-hmm. other times I'm, I'm fine with everything else Sark did. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not happy with the defensive defense for even – giving them nine minutes of offense, and they even kicked the field goal, that was a bunch of bullshit right what? there. Get have... that group. Get them off oh the field. Why? Hey, listen, you have sudden change where your quarterback fumbles the ball. Can you can you not let the team drive down the field and keep the ball for nine, almost 10 minutes, 9.57? Do me a favor. Even if you only give up three, how about getting them off the field, period? I can't, I can't believe what you just said. You're yeah. only mad. You're only mad at Stark for one play call, and you're mad at the defense for giving up zero touchdowns on Saturday. Do I have that right? Yeah, have that right at that. Predi- hey, you're allowed not to let a team score. Period. You know that's a part of the game too. Oh there my are, god! Wait a minute. Let me see what Oklahoma. Let me they see what Oklahoma six. did to Houston. Let me check out the score of the Oklahoma Houston game. Uh, it was no, not, no, 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 the Houston K State game. Let me check. What was that score? I don't know. Forty-five to nothing. Forty-one to zero. Hey, guess how many points K State gave up? They gave up zero points. They're allowed. You're allowed to not give up anything, you know. And if there was ever a team not to give up anything to on Saturday, you saw that team. I I, I don't I don't know I don't know I can't but like hey that's great that you feel that good about the defense because the defense I watched the last two weeks I figured they were going to give up twenty plus to BYU and they gave up six so I, I have zero criticism of the defense for this game like yeah they gave up one long pass play over the middle where Derek Williams just didn't turn around if he did turn around he would have had an interception instead he decided to tackle uh Lassiter who still made the catch oh my goodness incredible play for that young man that guy's had a couple of highlight reel catches this year um that stunk and then yeah I'm not going to disagree with you like you don't want to give up 10 minute drives but Texas bowed up and forced a field goal like they kept a Big 12 offense and a pretty good quarterback and some solid receivers out of the end zone for 60 minutes. Even with the backups in the fourth quarter, they didn't allow it. Get their asses off the field. Okay. Get them off the field. It's sudden change. It's a turnover. 
you're supposed to, as a defense, you're supposed to stop that in three plays and have them punt so Xavier Worthy can get another punt return to the house. I'm Team Jake on this one. You're an old man yelling at the clouds right now. If Come you're on, man, Jake. Defense. No. Offense. I'll listen to yelling about the offense, man, because this game – could have easily been 49 to six or 50 something to six or 50 something to zero. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess it could have, but you know, that, that that's absurd. You're, you're, you're blowing my mind with this one right now, my man. Why? I'm just saying that you're, you're allowed to, you're allowed to shut a team out. I of mean, course you are. They get, they got torched the last two weeks. You're not happy about six points. No, I'm not saying I'm not happy. I'm saying get them. Uh, that is a time. Do better. Say, don't, no. yeah, next time, no field goals allowed. If Texas doesn't put up a shutout against Kansas State, they suck defensively. Is that what no, I'm hearing? They're not. They're going to give up. They're, they're going to give up a touchdown against K-State. They're not shutting K-State out. No, K-State's very no. good. K-State's very, very good. Very, I sure as hell feel better good. about this defense after what I saw against BYU than I did the last couple of weeks. If Texas's defense had another Houston-like performance on Saturday and this was a close football game against BYU, then I'd be like, oh, we got no chance against K-State. They're going to come in here and they're going to beat us. But because the Texas defense did a lot right, it wasn't perfect. Well, the crowd was loud. They're good. playing at home. My goodness, they escaped Houston. Well, yeah, they can go and hammer BYU. And they should have and they did. They hammered that group. They gave up too many points, though, according and to I you. I never said they didn't give up. I never said that that's too many points. I said that particular drive, I mean, a nine-minute, almost a ten-minute drive, I mean, you can, like I said, you can play championship defense a long, a long, long time. And you can, uh, you know, 24 to 6 is still a good score. 20 to 6 is a good score if you're only giving up six points. But, I mean, there's, there's a time when you can shut it down. And that's just – that drive in particular – was what I, I that's the part I didn't like. Just like nobody likes what happens in the red zone. Nobody's liking what they're seeing in the red zone. I didn't like that particular drive that they gave up. No, they could have given up more. Yeah, we saw them in trail position against Houston. Uh I I, I just thought there's there's still some more they can still do. And that and, and I thought that was the defensive maneuver of the day for me right there. Other than that, I thought they were fantastic. And other than that defensive pass interference that, that dude caught the ball, that's just a great play, too. Yeah, that was a great play. That was a great play. Yes, indeed. All right, we've uh, we've got to give some love to some of our great sponsors. By the way, we do have a big announcement, a couple of big announcements coming up at 9 o'clock. So make sure you're locked in and make sure you're telling your friends to be locked in as well so they get to hear what we've got going on. But a couple of big events for Texas Sports Unfiltered coming up this coming weekend. We're really, really excited about that. But, Buck, I'll give you the first word today. Who do you want to give some love to? To our good friends at Relax the Back. Heal, work smarter, sleep, reimagine, recover overnight, restorative sleep, and live pain-free like the Buck with Relax the Back. Whether it's a chair, Tempur-Pedic mattresses, pillows, the whole work, they've got everything for you. Trey Elling III went over there and looked at a stand-up desk. How about that for him? Because he's having problems from all that wonderful – sand volleyball he's been playing so his his back is starting to bother him a little bit my back's been bothering me for over 20 years but not since i found the folks that relax the relax the back and i'm sitting in this chair right now they've got 35 years of proven expertise and as i said my back couldn't be happier which makes my thoracic back feel good my shoulder shoulders my lumbar the whole works they've got two locations b caves at the hill country galleria across from whole foods that's And in Austin, right out there up, up north at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Please, folks, live pain-free like the Bucks with Relax the Back. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Relax the Back. Shout out to our friends at SyntexTickets.com as well. If you're looking for tickets to the game this weekend, it's the biggest home game of the year with K-State coming to town. It's about oh, yeah. first place in the Big 12. You can get tickets right now at SyntexTickets.com. Of course, they've got your World Series tickets there. They've got NBA. They've got NHL. They've got everything, plus concerts, Broadway shows, festivals. It's all there at Syn texttickets.com shout out to them shout out to our friends at 7-Eleven as well get your hard copies today nah, nobody besides the buck is getting the newspaper not even my gun come on man it's garbage it's garbage did you hear that you didn't hear the gundy drop did you no i'm the only one not hearing it today but that's gotta, all right we gotta figure because i'm out. the old man looking into the clouds <laughs> the old man yelling at the clouds yelling not at just the clouds yes not just looking into them shout out to 7-eleven though get your coffee on your way to work this morning your slurpees your big gulps although it's it's you know it's pretty chilly Ooh, out i don't know if you're hot drinking cocoa there you can get some hot cocoa they've got that there too all the great snacks that you love y'all know what 7-eleven's all about we love 7-eleven the buck and i are there all the time uh, we're big fans and Y'all probably are too. Many thanks to 7-Eleven and our guy Ashish for being a part of what we have here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And you already mentioned Woods Comfort Systems earlier. Oh, yeah. Brock, of course, if uh, you need your heat kicking on this week, if something's wrong with your heater, God bless you. Good luck. <laughs> make the call to Woods Comfort Systems. Have them come out. Check everything out. Make sure it works. If it doesn't work, they can fix it. Uh, you do not want to go through the winter without heat that works correctly woods comfort systems will make sure that your heating system in your home is good to go just go to their website woodscomfortsystems.com yeah if you need that filter change and you haven't got to oh i'm not quite ready for winter yet and you haven't changed that filter get that filter done give them a call and they'll 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 head you in the right direction on how you can pick that filter up you know it doesn't have to be at their place but if you need to get the filter clean just go get yourself a new filter but Call the folks at Woods Comfort Center. Ask them where you systems. Ask them where you need to go to get that filter because you want to get it done today because that heat is going to kick on here in the next couple of days. Yep, mine's already on. Come on, you little baby, get a sweatshirt on. Let's go. Suck it up. And I live in an air. I live in an apartment. You know, I don't have to pay the. Oh, that's right. That you do. Oh, yeah. that's right. A little easier for me. A little easier for me. And how about a quick recorded spot before we uh, get back into the football? Shout out to our guy Tom McKay over at AV Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to AV Consultations. It's the best time of the year to be a sports fan, which means it's the best time to call AV Consultations to get your home TV setup done and done the right way. Buck, we'll get back into Texas and BYU. Plenty of more thoughts and takeaways and observations from that game. But how about those Dallas Cowboys yesterday, man? How about them Cowboys? I mean, a beatdown of the L.A. Rams. This game was over early. The Cowboys were up 17-3. to after the first quarter, this game was 33 to three at one point late in the first half. And the Cowboys were able to rest their starters for the majority of the fourth. 
I thought this was going to be a close game. I picked the Cowboys to win, but I thought the Rams were going to make this one interesting. Uh, not the case at all. Just complete and utter domination by the Cowboys in all three phases. Well, with my down being down 21,000 units, I decided that that was a game to take on because I took on the two Texas teams because I, I took your Texans too, and that was disappointing. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Mike McCarthy and his play calling because he got Dak, Dak Prescott off in a hurry by getting receivers, getting C.D. Lamb involved, the tight end involved. Everybody got involved in the pass game, as a matter of fact, yesterday. Tony Pollard ran the ball well. The offensive line, I thought, played. That was their best game of the year for that offensive line in both run and pass. And Dak was on the money yesterday. He he really, really found his target. I think He, he led C.D. Lamb on a couple passes where he could catch and run with it. So I, I got to give credit to Dak Prescott. I thought it was one of the, the best games he's played so far this season. Yeah, I think it's one of the best games of Dak Prescott's career against uh, a Rams team that wasn't horrible. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Rams are the same team that they were when they won the oh, no. Super Bowl a couple of years ago, but it's uh, still not an awful bunch. And they had put up some pretty good defensive numbers this season before yesterday, and Dak just picked them apart. 25 of yeah. 31, 304 yards, and four touchdowns for Dak Prescott. And that and defense, how many sacks did that defense end up with? Five? Cowboys defense. They got uh, after him. Only two, but they got a ton of pressure on Matt Stafford. They hit him a bunch. Hell, Matt Stafford had to leave the game because of a thumb injury. He kept hitting his thumb on people's helmets and on the turf and just about everywhere. Uh, that didn't look good for him. He was getting thrown around like a rag doll in that one yesterday. Obviously, the pick six by Deron Bland. Definitely want to give him some love. Like when Trayvon Diggs got hurt in practice a couple of weeks ago, you knew the Cowboys were going to need some guys to step up yes. in his stead. And Daron Bland has been the best Cowboys cover corner since Diggs went down. That was not the most difficult pick six in the world. It, it was a miscommunication. Or but it's his third. Through a bad ball. But, yeah, three pick sixes now for Daron Bland. Uh, he's really, really good right now. That was great to see. The special teams made a couple of big plays. But, yeah, the story, I think, is the Cowboys offense and really Dak Prescott. Uh, hey, get the ball to CeeDee Lamb, Mike. I'm glad, yeah, no I'm glad that was clearly a priority during the bye week for the Cowboys. Like, find a way to give your best playmaker on offense the ball a little bit more. Uh, they did that early and often on on Sunday, on yesterday. And, uh, well, that made a huge difference. I, I don't think it's coincidental that the Cowboys offense played its best game, uh, best game of sure. the year when C.D. Lamb had his best game of the year. There's no doubt about it. But the ball was spread out a little bit yesterday, too, which was nice to see. Yep. And Tony Pollard, I thought that was his best running game. I don't know. What he came up with the numbers, but he had some he had some nice runs yesterday. But his uh, backup, but that guy's a thumper, man. Wow. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, they still they still struggle to run the football. They didn't need to run it, obviously. No. You know, Dak was throwing dimes all over the field, but uh 26 carries for 102 yards. That's just 3.9 yards a carry. Tony Pollard had 4.4 yards a carry. Like it's it's still an issue. Um and, you know, just like we're talking about with this Texas red zone offense, like, well, we played a number of games, so this might just be a problem for the rest of the year, right? This is one of those it is what it is kind of deals. Well, they're not a the power case. running team when it's time to run power. They, Tony Pollard's not a power back, so they, oh, they, they're, he's they're not, not, he's not at anything back right now. No, he's not. It's not all his fault. Like, they're not getting enough push up front on the offensive line, but uh, it's hard to be a great offensive team if you just can't consistently run the football. So, hey, if Dak's going to play like that every Sunday, then shoot, you've got the chance to be great. And he ran the ball, too. He had there a couple times where he took off and ran for first down. 
Yep. He did yep. a good job good. figuring out what, what time it was to get out of that pocket and go. Yep. He did well yesterday. Well, for all the praise that's coming Dak's way, it, it could all come crashing down to earth for him next Sunday because you know who the Cowboys play next week? Not the Eagles. The Eagles. In Philly, the first of two matchups In between Philly. these two teams. Yep. Philly won yesterday. They struggled a little bit with Washington. They were always, dead. They always do. Yeah, they were down at the start of the fourth quarter in that game, but uh, came back, got the win in our nation's capital. Philly is 7-1 on the year. The Cowboys are 5-2 and two on the year, so a chance to, for the Cowboys, if they could get a big win on the road against their biggest rival, to get right back into the thick of things in the NFC East division race. Uh, but, yeah, huge game. Dak was great, obviously, yesterday, but you know how it works. If Dak plays sure. poorly against Philadelphia, everyone's going to say he sucks. Well, so. I mean, I mean, I picked them to split anyway, so it's not that's not going to change no matter how the Cowboys looked in any of the games. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought they would split with Philly. They were not going to beat Philly twice, I don't believe. So no. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, which means this will probably be the game that they don't win. So yeah, it'd, be, it'd be fun to win one in their house, yeah. right? Like, that'd be a, a lot of fun and a chance. You know, the Cowboys, the one really, really great team that they played this year, although – that team hasn't been great since the no. Cowboys played them, the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the Cowboys came up short. They've taken care of business against a lot of the other teams. It's just amazing. The Cowboys are a random Arizona loss away from being 6-1 and one right now. That's right. Uh, and Arizona still has one win on the year. I'd make that one make sense. But, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, like the one really, really good Super Bowl contending type of team that they've played this season, they got punked. So, obviously, the Eagles, they played in the Super Bowl last year. They won the NFC. That's a legit contender. This is a big measuring stick type of game for Dallas. They came up short in the first one of these. They've got a chance. It'll be that uh, afternoon game on Fox, 325 next Sunday. Everyone's going to be paying attention to this one. They've got a chance to show that they actually are one of the best teams in the NFC and that the gap between them and the top teams is not that big. We'll see what they do. Yeah, I very it was just, you know, yesterday was kind of confusing. I'm trying to figure out are the 49ers just I mean, is are Kyle Shanahan, are they gonna figure this out? Because even with the quarterback play right now and what they think is not very good, that team's still good enough to beat a lot of teams on Sundays. They shouldn't be losing, you know, three in a row. I don't care who they played. I don't care if they played the Cowboys or the Eagles three straight weeks. Three straight losses for them is really strange to hear, you know? Yeah. No, no, not a lot of shame in losing to Cincinnati because Cincinnati is no. a contender. But obviously, the two weeks prior, you lose to Cleveland and a backup quarterback, and then you lose to the Minnesota Vikings. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We could just continue to roll, although it's going to come to an end now because yeah. my guy is out. Minnesota! Yeah. Sorry yeah. about my that. My guy is done. Yeah, that was tough to see with Kirk Cousins. Um, hate that. But, yeah, the 49ers, I mean, Brock Purdy is just not playing good football right now. Debo Samuel's been out. I think that's obviously a part of it. But this 49ers offense is in a definite funk. A couple of bad interceptions by Purdy yesterday leading to some Bengals points. And, yeah, San Francisco's got to right the ship a little bit. I still think they're really good. But they've got to go to Jacksonville. They actually have a bye next week, so they do have a chance to figure some things out, get some guys back, and – Hopefully that'll be – well, I don't like the 49ers, so screw them. I don't want to say That's hopefully right. that'll be good for them. I hope they keep losing these games. But and You like the way the Packers – what happened they, to them, right? Ah, they suck. It's the best. We'll get back to the NFL. We'll get back to Texas football. We've got plenty of sports to get to, but it is 9 o'clock, Buck. Yes, sir. We did promise the people a couple of announcements 
during today's program. Now, one of these things has already been announced, but we'll announce it again because it's happening this week, and I think you guys are going to be excited about it. We'll let the buck blow his nose first. It is that time of the year, brother. I'm telling you, when I wake up in the morning, it just it just it just goes and goes and goes. And now that it's a little cool. I'm like that little snot nosed kid. I've always been that kid, you know, when you when you go to, to grade school and stuff. When I get up in the morning, I'm just going in and I'm pulling out my pockets. There's nothing but tissues in my pocket because I'm gonna blow my nose all day. Oh, you're that weird kid. I'm well, that weird kid, yes. And then I'll also running candy. in the yeah. hallways with your backpack on. And there's a there's a tissues coming out of the backpack, and then I'll put my arm around you. I want to shake hands with you after I've blown my nose all day. Oh. <laughs> I'm the one that brings everybody the COVID. Hey, oh. hey, kids, here's my COVID. Take it. Wow, Wuhan Godbolt over there. <laughs> Amazing. All right, the first piece of news. Once again, we have announced this, but we're going to be mentioning this a lot this week because we're super excited about this one. This Friday, our last pregame luncheon of the season out at covert bee cave our special guest will be the one and only ricky williams that's right the legendary Don himself the legendary lifetime longhorn the heisman trophy winner the guy who ran for more than ten thousand yards in the nfl the guy who changed his name from ricky williams to rio don and then back to ricky williams however you know him he's coming on yes. Friday and free lunch will be provided by our friends at Smoky Moe's and Verde's Mexican Perea too. I have plenty of food for you. Plenty of food, pictures, autographs, tons of Texas Longhorn conversation with the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky Williams. This is a free event. Tell your friends and enemies. Tell your friends to tell your friends. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a hoe, as Big Sean once said. There you go. You could tell your garden tools. You could tell anybody you know in your life to get out the Covert Bee Cave. Also, look at the great selection of cars and trucks and SUVs that they Absolute, have, too. Unbelievable. Seven different brands out there. You know, they've got everything you need. The Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Buicks, GMCs, and the Cadillacs. That's right. Yep, they've got them all and great deals going on all the time. So if you've been looking for a reason to get a new car or truck or SUV, make this your reason. Come see us. The Buck and I will be there. Trey will be there. Hopefully a few more TSU guys will be out there as well. But more importantly, come see Ricky freaking Williams. Big weekend for him, too. Yep, big weekend for him as he's going to get honored during the Kansas State game as a uh, 25-year anniversary celebration for him winning the Heisman Trophy. So that's the news for Friday. Now, you've known that. If I promise a big announcement, it's going to be something that we haven't actually announced yet. But how about this? For Saturday and for the Texas Tech game on Black Friday, we will be doing our pregame show live from the iconic Schultz Garden. That is right. In the historic Sangarundi Hall. Sangarundi Hall, baby. This Saturday, it's early because we've got an 11 a.m. kick. Thanks, Big 12, you jackass. <laughs> an 11 a.m. kick, so we'll be out there bright and early. Our pregame show starts at 8.30, but hey, it's Schultz Garden. They're going to be open well before kickoff, and we know you people like to get after it early. Yeah. I, we're going to the, the BYU folks didn't get after it because they don't do a lot of alcohol at 6.30, 5.30, or any time of the day, but you people – on Saturday for an early game. That's not going to stop you. It won't stop you whatsoever. Man, I had some buddies who went to the game on Saturday, and a few of them were sitting by some BYU fans, and they're like, dude, they just don't cuss. 
like even when things weren't going their way and BYU lost 35 to six. So not a lot went their way on Saturday. They don't say like F or, you know, damn or God, anything. Cause they don't use the Lord's name in vain. No, it's literally just like bummer. Rats. Bummer. Rat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Darn that's it. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like that hey, game. I would, them. if I was a BYU fan, Dude, I would I wouldn't have been able to not cuss with all the crap that was going on for my team in that game on Saturday. Uh, they're just nice. They're respectful. They don't cuss. There were a lot of them there at DKR on Saturday. There were a lot I of them at Schultz's too. Yep, there were a lot of them at Schultz. Well, they were having not, olipops. <laughs> yeah, not doing a lot of drinking of the alcohol. But yeah, we'll be out there this Saturday before the K State game, and once again the Friday of the Texas Tech game because that is a Friday game. We'll be doing our pregame shows there as well. But man, we are super excited about this buck. I mean, everybody knows Schultz Garden; it's the oldest bar in the state of Texas. We're super excited. So if you're going to the game, hell, if you just need a place to watch the game, they have it on at Schultz. You can just go hang out there on Friday. But uh, yeah, our pregame show live from the historic, iconic, legendary, whatever you want to call it. Schultz Garden. It's going to be a ton of fun. We are really, really looking forward to doing that. And it's cool to be in the place. It's cool to be in the hall. Segarande Hall is historic unto itself. So there's plenty of room in there. Come in, grab a seat, sit right in front of us. We'll do two hours, not a half hour. Not maybe we'll have a pregame show, but there'll be a pregame show actually two hours of talking Texas football uh, as we march to the championship. And we'll be there for the, uh, we'll be there for the Texas Tech because there will be some drinking going on there for the Texas Tech. It doesn't matter what time of the day that game will be. Oh. There will be Tech fans, and there will be tons of K-State fans. They they travel well, too. So we're excited about getting out in front of all of you folks. We haven't seen a lot of you out there. But we're going to be doing a lot of this stuff. We'll be doing some stuff for basketball. But this is our big – that's this is a big announcement for us. And we're working on next year, this year. Yep. We're hoping this is not just a two-game bit at Schultz Garden. We're yeah. hoping that we're a big part of what they do on Saturdays going into next year and beyond as well. So many thanks to Dan and the team at Schultz Garden for making this possible. And, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to Saturday for so many different reasons. I mean, hell, it's a battle for first place in the Big 12. It's the biggest home game of the year for the Longhorns, right? Like, obviously, the Bama game was in Tuscaloosa. The OU game is in Dallas every year. This is, you know, going into the year, we figured this would be the biggest home game. And obviously, it's uh, shaken out that way with two four and one teams in the Big 12 duking it out. Huge game for the Longhorns to try to get to Arlington. They've got to keep winning to uh, keep controlling their own destiny to get to that Big 12 championship game in Arlington in early December. This one may be the toughest game the Horns have the rest of the way. Yes. And we're going to have some stuff there. So we'll be bringing stuff for you people that come by. Oh, yeah. you people we won't come empty-handed believe me we'll plenty have some of, stuff plenty of koozies for sure because you'll need them that early right you'll oh, need yeah. those koozies to keep it keep them cold for sure keep them cold keep your hands warm we've got you with those texas sports unfiltered koozies so there you go excited about that not as excited that it's that early in the morning once again big 12 uh i don't think we're gonna have to worry about this too much next year but still Thanks to our friends at Schultz Garden. Looking forward to seeing all of you people out there. Okay, Buck, uh, quick thoughts on the Texans, and then we'll get back to Texas and BYU. Boy, just when you think the Texans have turned a corner, they go out and do that, 
right? Where they were challenged offensively, weren't they? Wow. Yeah, against the Carolina Panthers, who were the only winless team in the NFL going into the weekend. Um, credit them. Credit Bryce Young. And the Texans were up 13-12. to 12. The Panthers got the ball back with like six minutes left. They were able to march down the field, kill the entirety of the clock, and then end up kicking the game-winning field goal. So the Texans never got a chance down the stretch. But, uh, yeah, man, the Texans, they're 3-3 three and three going into their bye week. It's like, nah, this team's good, and now oh, they get to play the worst team in football, and they're about to be 4-3. and three. Then all of a sudden, we might be talking about a team that actually has a chance to make the playoffs this sure. year. And then, you know, it's just one game. But, God, that's uh, just a, a dose of reality for Texans fans and a frustrating Yeah, now you got to get a game that you weren't supposed to win. Now you got to win that game now coming up. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that was kind of disappointing offensively. You know, the battle of the, the, the rookie quarterbacks was um, – there wasn't much – there wasn't any offense display, really, by both of them. It was just, you know, that long drive at the end, BK, it was, it was a winner. That's all. In between, it was like a cat fight, you know, just screaming and whatever, nothing getting done. It was there – was, there was nothing to that game except for the last drive, really. And that's too bad. I was, I was expecting C.J. Stroud to really have a good game against this Carolina defense. I should have known better. Yeah, he didn't. They still can't run the ball nearly as no. well as you would think. And, yeah, Bryce Young was the better of the two quarterbacks, and that was a big final drive for him because uh, he struggled a lot this year. He's heard plenty yeah. of criticism. There's been a lot of, ah, we should have taken C.J. Stroud because C.J. Stroud's been better. There's no doubt in his rookie campaign. But uh, Bryce Young was better and obviously led that uh, game-winning field goal drive at the end, his first career game-winning drive so well what uh, it says is both teams are in really good hands with their young quarterbacks that's what it does say yep as they start to grow around and and build around those two kids so just frustrating for the Texans they host Tampa Bay that's a game they can win next Sunday the Texans are two and a half point favorites here on a Monday uh but man yeah you you go four and three with the win at Carolina then you come home and play Tampa with a chance to get to five and three that's a totally different conversation and a totally different feel for Texans fans than I think what they are going through right now. And they're playing Baker, Baker, my money maker. Look yeah. out. Look out for Baker. Look out. Yeah, whatever. That guy sucks. We knew that. <laughs> All right. Back to Texas and BYU. Uh, once again, the Longhorns, a 35-6 to victory. Good call on Xavier Worthy. I know we started off the show giving you some praise for that, but that was really good to see. I mean – uh, Xavier Worthy's caught a lot of heat from Texas fans this year, not for his play as a wide receiver. No, he's been very good on the outside, but uh, in terms of punt return, he's had a couple of nice returns, but uh, the muffed punt against Baylor and the biggest qualm that I think Texas fans have had with Xavier Worthy is the fact that he just doesn't catch every punt. He lets them bounce, and sometimes they bounce 10, 15, 20 yards down the field, and it's like, dude, just get under the ball and catch it, please. So we stop losing this field position, but hey, Big-time play. We needed guys to step up without Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy in the special teams unit obviously did that did. with a 74-yard punt return touchdown. They, they did. I was, I mean, after I saw the first one, I was expecting maybe there'll be another one in this in this game, but no, Texas are too busy getting up nine-minute drives. So, no, it, it didn't happen twice, but it did happen once. And, and I, Now, did Xavier have – did he have a couple of drops in the game? Did he have balls that there were possibly catches by him that mm. hit the ground? Did he come out as my MVP? Did no. you think when it's no. all said and done? The chemistry, I mean, Quinn and Xavier Worthy have tremendous chemistry, and we've seen that this year. Like last year, there were obviously some issues between those sure. two. But this year, it feels like Quinn has been very efficient throwing the ball to Xavier Worthy. Uh, that was not the case. I think Xavier Worthy had four catches 
okay. on, on 10 targets. So it was kind of like last year's Xavier Worthy stat line where it's like, ah, you know, Malik realized that Xavier Worthy's really good. So he tried to throw him the football, which is fine. That's a good strategy. Xavier Worthy's a first round pick in the NFL draft next year. Uh, get him the rock. I'm cool with that, but it just wasn't working. It never felt like those two right. were really in unison in that game on, on Saturday. But he did find A.D. Mitchell a couple of times. Yeah, did find A.D. Mitchell a couple of times. Mitchell had uh, the two receiving touchdowns on Malik Murphy's two passing touchdowns. So uh, I will say this about Malik Murphy. Um, yeah, someone says X had about three to four drops. I don't think he was given three to four drops in the actual stat line, but I will double check that. Um, Bucky gets a phone call here. He's yes. calling you at 913 on a Monday, man. Life alert. One more time. Oh, no. That's not a good sign here. No, well, they, they, were, they have me all wired up when I do the show. To make uh, sure. So something may be going. Hey, it may be getting too cold out. Turn on the heater inside of my heart. Maybe that's what it's all about. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one thing, like Malik Murphy, he, he threw it off his back foot too much. Like that was, I wasn't expecting that from Malik Murphy. Uh, like he, that I think, you know can be explained by the fact that it was his first game and maybe he was a little bit nervous and uncomfortable, but he did throw off his back foot a lot in this game, even on that touchdown on that deep shot to Adonai Mitchell, which, Hey, it, it worked. Oh, uh, he, he got ran a great route. He, he got, got it there though. He got past his defender. He did have to slow down a little bit and, and jump and was able to make a play. Uh, but yeah, like even on that throw, like Malik Murphy, I thought was throwing off his back foot a little bit too much, which, considering how much zip he normally puts on the football, like that's not a problem for Malik Murphy. We haven't seen a bunch. I'm comparing it to the spring game and I'm comparing it to the eight passes that he had thrown this season before that game. But uh, yeah, like the, the same issue that we've talked about with Quinn Ewers a lot where Ewers just when he gets rattled, starts to lose his mechanics and throw off his back yeah. foot too much. I thought we saw more of that from Malik Murphy than I would have liked. And that, that I think can explain some of the inconsistencies that we saw from him. Yeah, you know that 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 may be. Uh, that's a great point, BK. I mean, I, as I watched him, I I just remember him of a more stand up, stand up tall guy and throwing the ball. He did get a couple side armors in there, you know, with that just that arm strength, just like Quinn Ewers does when he just forgets his mechanics and just relies on his arm. I mean, that touchdown was a side arm throw that was still right there. I mean, it was there. It was long enough. You know, Mitchell. I mean, receivers have to catch balls like that all the time. So that. That pass was good enough for a touchdown. Yeah. It, was, it didn't have to be a great pass. It just had to be over the defender's head, in which it was. But technique-wise, you know some of that's going to break down in a guy's first game. But you're right. I mean, maybe maybe a lot of different throws, sidearm and, and stuff for him instead of staying heavy in the pocket. But, dude, I'm going to tell you, that wasn't the greatest display of pass blocking either that the Longhorns put on either would, would pressure in his face either, I mean, in this football game. No, it wasn't, but I, I like I thought the O-line was better in pass pro than they were in terms of run blocking, but you're right. Oh. I mean, the offensive line is like we, we both talked about it. We agree. The O-line just isn't as good as we expected it to be. And they were going to come after him anyway. They were going to do things that, yeah. that put pressure in his face. Yeah. And as I said, that's why, you know, all in all, if, if people get after Sark about just, hey, we could have run the ball and scored and won the football game, then that's ridiculous because you're, you got to find out what 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 can your offensive line do for your quarterback? What can your quarterback do under duress? And we saw a little bit of that. So that's not good enough to beat Kansas State right there. No, no. And like Malik Murphy, it felt like to me the offense went more conservative after the second turnover. 
Like they walked it back a little bit. Uh Um, And yeah, like Malik Murphy, you're right. Like it's understandable. And look, he could have been a lot worse. Uh, There are plenty of And I think expectations were it was going to be a dogfight of a football game. For some, I I thought it was going to be close. I mean, it was a 20 and a half point line. So I don't think most people thought it was going to be that tough and tight. Uh, I, I only had Texas winning this game by seven, so I was clearly wrong. I thought this was one was going to be more of a dogfight, and because the defense and the special teams played as good as it did, uh, yeah, you know, Texas was able to pull away and kind of run away and hide from this BYU football team. But, yeah, for Malik Murphy, like, you talked about the O-line. Okay, they weren't perfect, but even when Malik Murphy did have clean pockets, I thought his mechanics mm-hmm. were off a little bit. Like, the touchdown to A.D. Mitchell, the deep shot, was good enough, turned into a touchdown. Not going to complain too much about that. But that was a back foot throw by Malik Murphy, and it was kind of a duck, and it floated in the air longer than it needed to. Like, there were too many instances where, even in a clean pocket, where everything seemed okay for Malik Murphy to step up and actually, you know, fire off a a good pass down the field. He just didn't do that consistently. Now, the interception was right in the hands of the guy, wasn't it? The interception was awful. Did he, just, did he see the guy? Did he have pressure or did he just not even see the dude? There was some pressure on that one. It might have been a combination of both. It was a bad decision, a bad read, a bad throw, all the above. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't blame anybody else. Like That was that was on Malik Murphy. It, yeah. If you want to blame the fumble on a play call or the fact that two guys who were supposed to block one guy couldn't block him, then that's fine. Uh, but the interception, like that's uh, Malik Murphy, I think, would be the first to tell you that that. Uh, yeah, because it looks like he didn't even see the dude. That guy's right there. You can't throw that. Hey, okay, Chris Sims. You can't throw it through his body into the the guy behind him. Can't yeah. throw the ball through him. So, and here's the stat. Like I was really hoping we were going to leave that game on Saturday, being like, "Shit, I don't know if Quinn's going to get his job back." And hey, if Malik Murphy starts against K State and looks a lot better and plays an incredible game and Texas wins, then maybe we will be having that conversation a week from today. But now I think most Texas fans are like, well, if Quinn can play against K-State, let's, uh, let's get Quinn back out there on the field. And once again, we, we read Malik Murphy's overall stat line, 16 of 25. Uh, here's, here's the interesting part. If you really dive into those numbers, not quite as pretty as that. And once again, those numbers don't sound all that pretty. Malik Murphy was 9 of 10 for 51 yards on throws behind the line of scrimmage. He was just 7 of 15. That's a 46.7% completion percentage on throws beyond the line of scrimmage. Now, every quarterback obviously is going to have a higher completion percentage on throws behind the line of scrimmage. Sure, little swing screens and things like that, yes. But for for the inaccuracy of Quinn Ewers, and we've been critical of his play at times, and he hasn't been as consistent as we would have liked all season long, Quinn Ewers is completing 65% of his passes behind the line of scrimmage, or beyond the line of scrimmage, I should say. Uh, Once again, Murphy was at 46.7%. So that's yeah, and I'm once again, I'm not worried about a guy in his first game. I'm worried about winning that game so badly that they won. And but he's he's got to get better. He'll have another week under his belt where he's the starter. He'll get even more reps with the group and get more used to to yeah. who he's playing with. You know, the, the offensive line will start to get a little bit more used to whether it's cadence or anything else of how to protect this guy. I mean, if he's not he's not going to run with the ball, guys, he's going to stay in the pocket. So you got to protect him in a certain way. Don't expect him to try to escape and doing the things that others would, including Quinn Ewers. So now you, you get another week under your belt with him, but his mechanics always have to stay straight, BK. That can never falter. Yeah, they've got to be better than what they were. And once again, that's an 18% difference between 
what Quinn Ewers does throwing beyond the line of scrimmage versus what Malik Murphy did throwing beyond the line of scrimmage. So that's got to get better. And I'm with you. Like, I think Malik Murphy is going to get better. Any quarterback will get better the more that they play. And like you said, he'll get more reps with the ones sure. during practice this week. And Malik is going to watch film and everyone's going to watch film and they're going to find ways for him to improve. So, uh, yeah, the hope is if that it is number six under center next weekend for Texas, then things do look a little bit more crisp for him and this Texas offense as a whole against K-State. Because like you said, they're going to need it. They're going to need it. K-State is one of the best teams in this conference. They're playing some great football right now. They have the best coach in this conference. Yeah, Chris Kleiman just it continues to do great things. And that team gets better as the year goes on. It feels like yes. every single season, like to me, you want to get K state early in the year, Texas kind of got them early last year. Uh, I think that helped a little bit. Also, Texas got to play Adrian Martinez instead of Will Howard. I think that helped a little bit. I will say Kansas state has not been a problem for the Longhorns as of late. Like for most of my childhood, it was like, Oh, we're just not beating K state. Like the purple kryptonite. We never beat the purple cats. Texas has won six in a row against K-State. So this team hasn't been much of a problem. Chris Kleiman has never beaten Texas since taking over in Manhattan, but uh, that's the past. This is a different K-State team that's playing some really, really good football, and I still expect Texas to be without Quinn Ewers this coming Saturday. So you've got to be a little sharper offensively. Of course, the red zone issues, you would like to clean those up a lot more to uh, make sure that you're walking out with a victory and you're still in position to get you got to stay on top of it with your special teams. Your special teams are going to have to be huge players in, in these last in these last games or the last part of the season. They're going to have to make big plays every game. Somehow it's going to have to be done, whether it's a punt block, get down there, cause a fumble on a, on, on a punt return or get a, a punt return taken to the house or a kickoff. They're going to have to be real special, special teams here over the next couple of games. Just yeah. has to be when you have this kid at quarterback, you have to do all kinds of things to score. It's the same. It's the same narrative, right? Like, we said all last week that the defense and the special teams were going to have to yes. pick up the slack because you figured the offense would be a little bit worse because your starting quarterback wasn't there. Well, that was the case. And thankfully for Texas, the defense and special teams picked up the slack, and that was why this game was 35-6. to six. So, Well, I don't, need, I don't need him to throw a bunch of balls this week. I, I believe if, if you're run game and you feel like you're getting things that you need to get you know, against K-State in the running game, which is going to be difficult because these guys are – are really good defensive linemen, then you do that. And if you feel if, – if you say, well, I wanted to see what I could get out of this guy throwing it, I don't really care this week now. Now I care about really winning these games because they are going to be tight ball games from this point on. And if you have to run the ball an extra 10 times to win it, then do it. If you have to take three points in order to win the game instead of fourth down and three and going for it, you take the points, you know, you're going to have to do whatever you can uh, to, to, to win this football game. Yep. And our guy, UT Parking. Ugh, I hate UT Parking. The worst. Not yeah. whoever commented, but the actual parking issues on campus are a freaking nightmare, and they have been forever, and they will continue to stay that way forever. Uh, yeah. Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma State ran for six and a half yards per carry against Kansas State. If you can run it, I mean, that should be the game plan against everybody, but – when you've got a backup quarterback out there, when you've got Jonathan Brooks playing as well as he is, that should be the game plan. Like, I'll, I'll be mad. Texas won 35-6, to six, so I'm not that mad that Sark threw it on nine of the first ten offensive plays against BYU. Uh, if they do that against K-State and Texas is down in this game next weekend early on, I will be very furious 
and critical of Sark for not running the ball a lot. You got to make this a yeah. Jonathan Brooks game this coming week. By the way, that dude, Ollie Gordon, is bigger and fast, faster than Jonathan Brooks. That dude, uh, Ollie Gordon, is a monster. He's a very good player. Wow. Um, Oklahoma State is not scared to run him. Oh, no, they don't care. Ball. They're not like – this isn't I'll find out what my quarterback can do football with them. They turn around and hand it off to that guy over and over again. And there are times he takes himself out. Okay, he doesn't do the tap the helmet deal. He runs over. He just runs over to the sideline. They're ready to replace him, but he doesn't stay out very long. Now he's really good. And Oklahoma State's playing some decent football, and they play OU next weekend. Yes, Bethlehem. One of my one last time I see this in a long time. Yeah, one of my good buddies, big OU fan. He's like, I'm already seeing Ollie Gordon in my nightmares. Wow. Monday. And Kansas was able to run the ball pretty well against Oklahoma a couple of days ago. So, yes, uh, that game is in Stillwater. Now, I always pick Oklahoma to win Bedlam because it feels like they always do win Bedlam. But, man, I mean, we, you know, right after Dallas, we're like, oh, it's Texas and Oklahoma part oh, two. Oh, it's a little lefty quarterback. He's just going to tear up the league. Now he's last couple games. Come on now. Yeah, now everyone wants uh, Jeff Lebby, the OU offensive coordinator, fired, and they've got some questions. And, hell, once again, it's a five-way tie for first place right now in the Big 12. So we can't just assume that either Texas or Oklahoma will be there at this right. point. Now, when it's all said and done, I, I, I still feel like that will probably be the case. But we still have some work to do over this last uh, last month of the regular season to figure out exactly who's going to be playing at Jerry World this conference is still far from the best in college football, but a couple of teams have turned things around to where, yeah. okay, this, uh, this will be a little tougher and tighter than I think most people anticipated as the calendar turns to no. Damn, I wanted to play Oklahoma State this year. Now I'm looking at them, I'm like, I don't want to play that group. I know. You know who I do? <laughs> I, I wish we could play Cincinnati, though. Those guys are oh. awful. I wish we could play UCF, too. Those guys are also but They hit the wall, awful. too, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, we, we got two of the four newcomers in the Big 12. Like, all four of them are bad. I know Houston gave Texas plenty of fits last weekend, but they're not good. BYU's not very good. No. Uh, Cincinnati's terrible, and UCF still has not won a conference game. They gave up, like, 40 points in the fourth quarter to Baylor in that collapse a few weeks ago. So, there you go. All right, some more shout-outs to some more of our great sponsors, Buck. How about Dr. Greg Eckert? We love Dr. Eckert for sure. Over 28 years of service in the Austin area, 1,400 cases of restoring teeth, as I did in just two visits, folks. I had these beautiful veneers put in, and you can too. Now, if you're thinking of turning that frown upside down in one day with dental implants, he can get that done for you. And I'm telling you, you'll walk out of his office with a smile guaranteed. 512-345-3166. And if you've got some problems with your teeth, if you've got tooth tooth loss that you may need to have. You may need to have something yanked out. How about extractions? How about if you've just got dental pain? Dr. Eckert is the guy that you definitely want to see for the holidays. You don't want to be running around there with a sore tooth, believe me, or problems or infected gums. Dr. Eckert will do general dentistry, tooth loss solutions, the whole work. How about this? Whitening, teeth whitening. Dr. Eckert does that also. But find out if you're a candidate and find out if he's taking on new patients, which he does all the time. 512-345-3166. And folks, don't have that dental anxiety. Please don't do that. Take care of your dental health because it'll affect the rest of your health. So when you get to Dr. Eckert's office, believe me, you'll sit in the waiting room. You'll be there for just a couple minutes. He's not letting you sit around for 45 minutes or so. Anna or somebody else from the staff will come in. 
or get you back in a the room. They'll start talking to you, start prepping you about what you would like to have done, the smile that you want, the, 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 the great feeling that Dr. Eckert and his staff can do for you, and he will make you feel great. 512-345-3166. He's our dentist. He needs to be your dentist also. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And how about a word from our friends at Pest Wranglers? Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey. It couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808, or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Pest Wranglers, five-star review after five-star review after five-star review. Uh, we could tell you all about Pest Wranglers, but let other people, let the happy customers of Pest Wranglers tell you about Pest Wranglers. Their work is second to none. Speaking of second to none, greatblueheronfurniture.com. If you're looking for furniture that's second to none, Go right there. If you're watching on YouTube, there's actually a link in the video description below. That's going to take you to the Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection over there at greatblueheronfurniture.com. This stuff is gorgeous, stylish, comfortable, incredibly well-built. I mean, this is the highest quality furniture anywhere in the world. This stuff is going to last you and your family decades, not years. This is not what you give little Johnny as he goes to his dorm room freshman year of college. This is living room stuff that you're going to be sitting on and your friends and family are going to be sitting on and they're going to be like, whoa, this is an amazing couch or this is an awesome recliner. Where did you get this? GreatBlueHairAndFurniture.com. You can spice up and spruce up your house with a custom piece from them. And, hey, if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off. That's right, 15% off. All you have to do is type the word HOOKEM. You can spell that, I think. That's all you got to do. Can you spell HOOKEM, Buck? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that one. Okay. I'm That's just not good at ma- I'm not good at math. No, no, you're not. We've learned down 21,000 units. Greatblueheronfurniture.com. They've got you covered. And yes, the buck is down 21,000 units. Buck, we've gone 90 minutes in today's show. And I think this is a good thing. We haven't mentioned Arch Manning yet. Steve Sarkeesian, and you won't be able to hear this because for some reason you're not hearing the audio, but I know our listeners and viewers will be able to. So I'm going to play this and then I'll explain it. But I think a lot of folks maybe thought Arch would play some in this game. Like last week, Steve Sarkeesian kind of left the door open in regards to Arch Manning playing. And then he gave a pregame interview with Tom Luganville where he really made it seem like, okay, Arch was going to get into the game at some point. He didn't play, even in mop-up duty. Even when Texas was up 35-6 to in the last couple of minutes, it was still Malik Murphy as the quarterback for Texas Here's Steve Sarkeesian responding to a question about why Arch didn't play at all against BYU. I wanted to try to find a little more rhythm offensively. Um, you know, we, we just weren't into the flow that I would have liked. Um, we could have had a chance in there. Maybe we would have, could have punched a couple of those drives in where we got stopped inside the five. Um, but we didn't. And so, to me, it was about making sure we have enough rhythm with, with Malik in there. Um, so... Again, it's unfortunate. That's why you know, I'm always hesitant on those things to say, yes, he's going to go in because now I'm going to get called a liar that I didn't put him in. So um, I just felt like it just wasn't the right, the right time today. So hopefully in the future we can do it. So Sark basically said that what uh, he would always say, I didn't, there was in the right situation. I didn't have the timing. Wasn't there. The, yeah. He just said, yeah. he, he just said the offense wasn't in good enough rhythm. So I wanted yeah. to leave Malik out there to see if they could find some more rhythm offensively. And, 
Like, I don't know if I disagree with that. I feel like maybe on the last possession of the game, you could have sure. gotten Arch a few snaps. Now he probably would have just been handing the football off anyway. Well, I, I thought at that six-minute mark, that was the time he would come in the game. Yeah, that, that, that thing was still well in hand, and he could have had a drive or two that, that he could have got into the game. But I don't know. Sarge doesn't like to play quarterback rotating deals. He just doesn't like to do that. He, he If a guy starts a game – he likes for a guy to finish the game, no matter what. He just has been that way, you know. Yeah. He doesn't. Yep. He doesn't want to give anybody any thoughts of, oh, this guy had a really nice drive. He should be the starter next week. He doesn't like to play quarterback games. He doesn't like to do that. Well, that he doesn't put himself in that situation. Excuse me, Buck. Yeah, that was a criticism I think of some Texas fans with Quinn versus Malik. Right. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you get Malik on the field more and mop up duty in some of these earlier games so he'd yeah. have a little bit more experience instead of, oh, all of a sudden your quarterback gets hurt and. Malik's only thrown eight passes this year and nobody knows what to expect. Like people were mad at Sark for not getting Malik on the field. And I think people are like, well, you couldn't get Arch on the field for a series in this game. So I I'm not going to complain about it too much, but obviously we, we don't know what to expect from Arch Manning at all. Yeah. That's Malik. a Sark. That's a Sark thing. I believe more than any, but anything that's just a yeah. feel that he has that if you're starting quarterback, if, if the guy who started the game, even if he was starting the game and was hot and ready to go and you're up by five touchdowns, I don't know if he brings a quarterback in to have a series. I don't know if he feels like – I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of that or he's getting anything out of that. You know, there's not enough tension. There's not enough stress within that. It's just turn around and handing it off or throwing a couple out patterns. It's just he doesn't want – he doesn't want – he doesn't want the controversy. I, I, I just think that's just a part of his personality. That yeah. He just doesn't like doing that. And I think you're right. I think you're dead on. And I think a, a couple of people also on the YouTube comment line, I'm seeing Harry mention this. I'm seeing Jake say this. Like, you got the four-game redshirt rule. Texas has four games left in the regular season. Right. Now, a bowl game and a conference championship game, like that all counts towards that four-game rule. So, uh, but maybe that was in consideration for Sark. He's like, ah, there's three minutes left. Maybe I'll need Arch. Like, if Quinn's seriously hurt and Quinn's going to have to miss two or three more games – then I might need Arch, and I still want to redshirt him, so let's just keep him on the sideline and not burn up one of his four games for that redshirt rule. Maybe that was a part of it as well. Like, I don't think – Yeah, because I don't care. If, if, the, if we're still – if you're in a championship battle and Malik Murphy start to, starts to play poorly and you're still in the, in the thing to try to get to a championship, I'm playing it. I'm not worried about redshirt anything. Yeah. I'm trying to win the game. If the next guy up can win me a game and, and with the kind of defense that I have, uh, no, he's got to play. Yeah, you're right. You know? It's the same. It's the same conversation that we had last week. Like we wanted Malik Murphy to play well enough to where the only time Arch Manning played was in mop-up duty. Right. So Arch Manning didn't play, but Malik Murphy played well enough, and the defense and the special teams played well enough to where Texas didn't really have to consider. And those groups will have to. Do, excuse me. Those groups will have to continue to do the same thing, BK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's the same thing next weekend. Like if this game is actually close. And K State's offense is able to put up more points, and there are plenty of reasons to think that they will. Yes. And Malik Murphy's turning the ball over a couple of times. And instead of Texas being up a couple of touchdowns, they're down a couple of touchdowns. Then, yeah, to hell with the redshirt rule. You got to put Arch Manning in to see if he can go win you a football game. That's right. And keep you that's, in the championship hunt. You're right. That's it. I mean, that, you got to win all of these games to guarantee yourself a spot at Jerry World in early December. So, yeah, it didn't matter on Saturday. Once again, Malik did enough, and everybody else did enough to where. Uh, that wasn't a conversation on the TV broadcast, and there weren't a lot of Texas fans being like, where's Arch? Why isn't Arch out there? We need to make a change here. But it's it's the same narrative that 
Yeah, the uh, head coach really doesn't want to have any of those conversations about the quarterback. He would no. much rather not have to talk about it. Oh, uh, nobody does. I think that's his personality, though, more than anything about, you know, yeah, he could have very easily came in for the last two series and been okay. But I, I, I don't think he wants any of that. Well, Arch came in and really played really well on the last two series. He threw some nice completions or handed the ball off nicely. They went down there, scored a touchdown. I don't think he wants any of that floating around right now. No, I'm with you. I am with you. So Texas gets the win 35-6. to We will hear more from Steve Sarkeesian later today. He's going to have his game week press conference, continuing to recap the BYU game, and, of course, starting to preview this K-State game, uh, the biggest home game of the year for Texas. What else? What else do we want to hear from Steve Sarkeesian? Well, what else do I want to hear since the buck can't hear it this morning? <laughs> what do you want to hear is right. What else do I want to hear? Um, more on Malik Murphy, I guess. Here's Steve Sarkeesian taking more of a deep dive into Malik's performance, really talking about how he was able to bounce back after the two first half turnovers. How he bounced back great. You know, again, they were a little unorthodox. Both Both turnovers were quite frankly, unfortunate for him. Uh, the first one, um, we had a, a bit of a miscommunication and we didn't get even a route from the receiver on the front side. And so now he gets a little bit of pressure and that, that's some of the growing pains as a quarterback is sometimes you got to eat the ball and take the sack and, and not just kind of try to throw it, um, especially when you're getting hit. The second one, we're in a max protection and I think our running back and guard kind of run into each other and we don't block the defensive end. And again, probably had a pretty good chance at a touchdown pass. And so that's some of the growing pains that sometimes you got to eat it. Now we got to execute better around him, but the way that he responded from both of those two turnovers, um, I thought were great. You know, Malik's got really good composure about him. Um, and I think a little bit was the guys wanted to play so well around him. Now, sometimes you can try a little too hard. You're trying to make up for other stuff, and we just need guys to do their jobs and do their jobs really well. And so, um, But I was proud of Malik in the way that he responded. Uh, I wish you got to hear that one, Buck. Um, Sark kind of diagnosed the two turnovers. He did mention what you mentioned earlier, that on that fumble, you know, Malik's just got to eat it. It wasn't his fault. Yes. He had a couple of offensive linemen not do their job, and a BYU rusher ran free and was able to hit Malik Murphy way earlier than he should have. Uh, but he's like, yeah, Malik's got to eat that one. Then Sark said he responded well. Then he started talking about maybe guys pressing a little bit too much, right? Everyone wants to help Malik Murphy, and maybe guys were uh, trying a little bit too hard, and that caused some of the problems. Then also Sark said that uh, Malik did a good job responding from those two takeaways yeah i just i'm just glad i didn't hear how he led the team i mean he, he ought to be able to lead he'd been around for three damn years you know how he broke the huddle that other bullshit i mean no that guy's three years into the program he should be able to break the huddle lead the team he should be able to make a mistake and bounce back at this level of football and do the things the right way but he'll he'll have to continue to work on his mechanics and guys around him well you're gonna have to continue to tr over try too hard because you're gonna have to help this young guy out because i don't know if, if he can have a 75-yard drive, because I didn't see that. He, we're going to have to find out if he can lead the team down the field under duress, you know, when he's behind. Those are the things you find out about your quarterback. That's that's when you find out that the guys who are trying so hard that will maybe overtry so hard that it'll work. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So that those are yet to be found out. This game was in hand. This, this game was pretty much in hand. You just had to overcome an interception, a fumble, but – 
it didn't, I mean, it wasn't like it was costing you anything. You had a guy return a punt to the house. You had a long bomb. You had a defense that was playing their ass off again, with the exception of a 10-minute drive. Yeah. Uh, that they only gave up three. Buck, let's remember that. They only gave up three on that drive. But, you know, <laughs> this guy should be able to do those things. I'm just yeah. not – I'm not sure long drives with him yet because we haven't seen him in that situation or when they're playing against a really good team. That team was just 5-2 and two and okay. They're playing against a really good football team this weekend. They just are. I don't care how many times Texas has beat Coach Klein. This guy can coach. And these oh, yeah. players can play from K-State. For sure. And, and, and he's going to be in a dogfight. I would be very surprised if Texas is out in the lead and running away from this game. This is not a dogfight into the fourth quarter. This is going to be a really tough football game. It always seems to be that way when K-State comes to town. Whether Texas wins or not, which they've won them all, BK, but guess what? They've all been kind of tough battles, I believe. Yeah, a lot of close games between these two teams. There was one beat down, looking at the Phil Steele magazine. Oh, yeah, the COVID year where Texas just – beat the crap out of K-State and put up a very nice 69 points in Manhattan. But the last two years, one possession wins for Texas. But, yeah, they have won six in a row against K-State. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. K-State's really good. This is the toughest game the Longhorns have left on their slate. So, uh, yeah, the offense. Look, the good news for Texas is, look, the special teams outscored BYU. Yes. Like this is Xavier Worthy touchdown. Texas special teams had seven. BYU had six. So you didn't have to see a lot of Malik Murphy. Right. That's going to be a point of emphasis. That's got to be, that's the one thing that you're, that's not, you're doing a lot of things really well, but that's one of the things that you do very well. So that has to continue every week to be something that you can score off of or get great field position with is your special teams. You can't just say, no, we're going to punt. We're going to return punts and just hope we get touchdowns or or block punts. We're not, no, that's a part of what we do. And we're going to do those well enough that we can put points on the board for our team. Yep. Come on, pole assassin. Keep earning your keep. Keep earning yeah. your keep. Uh, yeah. The, but yeah, so Malik Murphy, we haven't seen him. Once again, the Houston game, he came in, it was tied, but he really just handed the ball off a lot. Like he only threw it two times in that game against Houston. I will give him And we're credit. not the only ones. He understands he has to get better. Believe me, he after that game, he didn't think, well, you know what? I really played well. I'm going home. You know, I'm going out with my guys and, you know, I really played well. Oh, no, he knew there were some things and a lot of things that he could have done better. Yeah. I, he's got to believe that. He knows he's got to protect that football. Like I said, if, if there was just a jailbreak and 11 guys came across and the ball hits you in the hands, you need to be able to fall down, cover that ball, cover that ball, and not let 11 guys take it from you. But yeah. you, you can't let that happen. You can't let that ball get up where you have one hand on it and then two guys hit you. No, you've got to cover it up. You're not getting that off. He looked like he thought he was still going to get that little screen off. I'm like, no, dude, you're not getting this screen off. you got to protect it. They're already in your face. By the time you start coming back from the center on that snap, BK, by the time he took two step, big giant steps back and was ready to dump off that screen, they were already in his face. Yeah, he wasn't expecting it. And no. in real time, in the heat of the moment, he didn't make the best decision. So, like you said, learning experience. He'll get yeah. better. I don't have any doubt about that. Uh, the Texas offense, the good is that, you know, Texas scored 35 points. Once again, seven of those came on special teams. But the bad... I mean, like the Texas offense was gifted a lot of short fields in this game. Texas had touchdown drives start at the BYU 8, the BYU 26, and the BYU 39. Now, hey, those were touchdown drives. That's good. Yes. Uh, Texas also, though, did not score on drives that started on the BYU 40 and the Texas 49. So Texas had some 
phenomenal starting field position throughout the game on Saturday because of the defense and because of the special teams. They had a ton of drive start in or very close to BYU territory. Uh, unfortunately, they just they didn't capitalize as much as they could have. This game could have been 49 to six. It could have been 50 something to six. And can Look, he take you on those kind of drives? Even I mean, drives of, you know, 30, 30 coming out. Can he take you on 70 yard drives? Can you yeah, get we don't we don't really know. Like we didn't have right. to see that, which is good. Like that's how you take pressure off of a young quarterback. It's what and we all did. talked yeah, about last right. week. And they did. You want short fields. Texas got short fields and they scored on some of those, but they didn't score on all of them. Once again, this red zone, like I, I don't think you can blame Malik Murphy for that because this red zone offense sucked when Quinn was the quarterback. So that's just the whole coaching thing. And that's just, they got to execute better down there as well. But it's uh, yeah, no, the, the offense, there's still some questions and there are plenty of reasons to just be a little bit nervous about what this group is going to do against a much better football team that they'll see. Do we know this? Was was there a bubble-type, swing-screen-type deal to start the game off again? Yeah, there was. Yes. It was minus two again. Yeah, they went to uh, – they did go to J.T. Sanders. It oh! wasn't Xavier Worthy. They did call a different play on the opening play from scrimmage. but It was some uh, sort of screen, some sort of quick screen out to that guy now. How yeah, was that start? How did that work out for the, like, 12 straight game? Minus two. Awesome two. Yep. Can we quit doing that? Can we just stop that? Two things. Take the defense of big butts and leave them on defense and let them play great defense like they're playing. Leave them out of the offensive game plan and quit throwing that on the first play. It's the first play. I know it. You know it. The American people knew it. And so did the folks from BYU. Everybody knew it. So it that really work. did happen. Because I heard the – because, you know, we were doing some stuff. I did hear – Minus two. Like to start, I'm like, it had to be the screen. It had to be. Yep. The good news is uh, Murphy bounced back and threw a nice slant to A.D. Mitchell when Texas was able to pick up a first down. Thank you. Before they ended up punting on that drive. Uh, But, yeah, minus two to Jatavion Sanders on another screen to start the game. It did work. Time for Jordan Whittington to take one of those. It did work. It did work against Houston. They got a first down on the first play when they did that against the other kooks. That doesn't always have to be the first play call, though. Can we do something something else? No, we can't. We're going to do that, and you're going to like it. No, that's what I hate. And what are we going to do at the goal line? We're going to bring the defensive guy in it, and I'm going to have to like that, right? Even though I know exactly where the ball's going, I know he's going directly behind that guy. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We snuck him out one time, and he caught a touchdown pass. He became a celebrity an offense and defensive player, Charles Woodson. He became that guy. And so we have to do it no matter what. He has to come in the game just to prove to us that, it, that it's going to work, right? Oh, uh, God. It's going to happen again. He's coming in the game, right, until they score know. in that play. They got to do something. They got to figure out the red zone, man. Sark is going to get asked about it again today. A and... goal line. It's Yeah, the red zone, yeah. yes. But it's that deal, that four- and five-yard line going in. I know they got stuffed at the one. They got stuffed at the three. They were two and five, two and five, two, four, five in the red zone. Uh, we didn't see the Malik Murphy quarterback sneak that I was hoping to see. I, I still feel like you could just line that guy up under center and he's so big that he's going to be able to pick up a yard or two. If you just do the sneak or the tush push or the brotherly shove or whatever the hell you want to call it, feels like that could work. Um, and what, yeah, I mean, is that a part of their out. offense? I mean, is this now the quarterback underneath the center? 
I mean, is that to scare teams when you're really not going to really do it with them? Or have they been has Quinn Ewers been on has he been underneath center? Take a couple a of times. I mean, it's still yeah. like it's still like ninety five percent of the time out of the okay. shotgun. But nah, we, we saw Quinn under center a few times and okay. we saw Malik under center a, a couple of times on Saturday. I, I've got no problem with that. You don't need to be in the shotgun on every single play. Um, when it doesn't work, of course, you're critical of it. But he, like these, these guys should be able to receive a snap from under center. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. Like I said, they still should be able to get a yard for a first down or half half a football for a first down, no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah. With I this agree. offensive line, but they're not as physical as you think they are. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. They're just they just haven't played that way since Alabama. They've not right. played that physical brand of offensive line play. Not as much as we would have liked. No. All right. Let's uh, give some love to a few more of our great sponsors, Buck, our friends at Texas Orthopedics. Love those folks. If you're seeking specialized orthopedic care and focus on orthopedic care, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedic. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults, spinal care, sports medicine, joint replacement, trauma care, rheumatology, and even more. Their goal is to get you right back into good health and give you that great quality of life that you deserve. Visit TXOrtho.com, Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in the state of Texas. Once again, for more information, go to TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to them, and shout out to the Altstadt Brewery. Oh, yeah. Had me a few Altstadt beers over the weekend, watching some college football, watching some NFL, watching some baseball, some basketball, some hockey. It's all still going on. The fun continues. If you need a great beer to accompany your sports watching, you definitely do. Make that Altstadt beer the best beer that's out there. This is award-winning beer. Brewed in Fredericksburg, available all over Austin, all over Dallas, all over Houston, all over San Antonio. This stuff is liquid gold. One sip, and you won't go back to the other beers you have been drinking in the past. The seasonal Oktoberfest beer is in stores now. Also on tap at a lot of your favorite bars and restaurants throughout Central Texas. Make sure... You are getting yourself some Altstadt beer. It's my choice of beer. It should be yours as well. Altstadt beer, no impurities, no regrets. And a big thank you to Norman Watkins, former UT uh, football player that came out last Friday out to Coverts. Thank you, Norman, for showing up, being there for us. We needed you, and and you were there. A lot of people that, you know, you know, you, you try to get these guys. They're very busy. We understand that. You know, we try to get others that are too busy or – other instances that they just can't make it, but Norman made it for us. It was good to see him yep. and the folks that came out once again, they enjoyed it. Norman enjoyed Norman Watkins, the young man. They loved being around him, big smile on his face. My friends thought that he was just fantastic. You know, they, a lot of, a lot of people don't know these guys as, as grown men, you know, members of out there, society, fathers, you know, husbands, the whole works. But when they meet some of these guys, they're so it's incredible to have just spent a little time saying hello to them and them to saying hello back. And they appreciate the people. They appreciate people that have, that have seen them uh, play football at the university of Texas that enjoyed what they've done. And that was fantastic. And we've got a special guy coming this week for sure. Yeah. Ricky Williams will be our guest at covert B cave on Friday. We would love to see all of you out there with us. And yeah, shout out to Norman Watkins. Great dude. A lot of fun this past Friday out at covert be cave uh texas is seven and one for the first time since 2009 that's good that's exciting plenty to talk about from this game we'll continue to talk more about it throughout the course of the week and once again we'll turn the page and start to preview this k-state game but 
Uh, Texas is seven and one playing relevant football as the calendar turns to November. That's a, a good thing. I think we all would have signed up for seven and one through eight games before the year, Buck. Yeah, I think we. I think expectations that this is probably about where it would be too. Seven and one. There, there, there wouldn't be two losses at this part of the season. I, I think people believed, and I still believe that. You know, this is what I thought that we'd be right back, still in the thick of things. I wasn't thinking we'd be looking at a second quarterback, but once again, I should have because Texas never goes to a whole year without a, a second quarterback playing. And very mm-hmm. seldom do teams do that. Somebody gets hurt and banged up the starter along the way. Just with the University of Texas, it just seems to be an ongoing thing over and over again. But you know what? We still have this relevant. Your Texas Rangers. Is that relevant? Are they? What the hell was that the other night? That 9-1. Uh, what the hell was that? Yeah. I mean, that game was close. It was 2-1 to one after six innings. Uh, and then the D-backs got to the Rangers' bullpen. And, well, the Rangers' bullpen is still the Rangers' bullpen. Now, they didn't use any of their best pitchers in that game. So it's not like uh, the high leverage guys got hit around. It was a lot of the depth guys in the Rangers pin. That and got it was hit only around, a matter but... of time before Monty was going to go down as a starter, correct? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't bad. He, like, he, he should have pitched well enough to win, but the offense just didn't do anything. I mean, credit Merrill Lynch Kelly, mm-hmm. uh, the D bag starter. He was wow. incredible, incredible. And he's been phenomenal throughout these playoffs. And, uh, assuming this series goes six games, the Rangers will have to see that guy again, and they're going to have to find a way to score more than one run against him. But now seven innings, gave up just one run on a home run by Mitch Garver. Uh, he had a perfect game through three innings. He did a lot right. And, yeah, the Rangers' offense, I mean, like, look, the Rangers won game one, but they were two outs away from losing that one. They were two outs away from yes. being down 2-0 in this series. So, hey, it's 1-1, and the Rangers have been waiting. this rookie. Woo! The Rangers have been better on the road in these playoffs. They have not been. They won every game against Houston. They won every game against Baltimore. They won every game against Tampa Bay. Uh, they've been magnificent away from home. So I don't think they're worried that all of a sudden these next three games are going to be at Chase Field. But the bats need to wake up. Simple as that. Like they uh, obviously Seager had the big game tying Homer, and then Adolis Garcia had the walk off in Game One. Those were awesome. But, uh, you know, outside of that, not a lot from this Rangers offense. You're not going to win any games when you just score one. So they've got to get the bats going. Hopefully they can do what they've done on the road throughout these playoffs, and that's produce. Produce, that's produce. Sure. And this rookie tonight on the mound for, for the Snakes is pretty daggum good. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, first of all, his name is weird. It's P- Let me make sure I have this spelling correctly before I even try. P-F-A-A-D-T. It's how you spell this guy's name. Fought is the pronunciation there. Yeah, I fought it. I no? fought it. I fought it. Yeah, we're hoping he fights tonight. <laughs> He's not. That guy can pitch, man. He is a stud, BK. Yep, yep. Well, he sucked in the regular season. He had an ERA close to six in the regular year, and he's got a 2.7 ERA, and he started some big games. He started the closeout game in Philadelphia in game seven of the NLCS. Now, he wasn't great in that one. It was really the Snakes' bullpen and the offense, which is why they were able to win that game and get to the World Series. But now, for a rookie, uh, he's been more than solid in his first career postseason. They're not afraid to give him the ball. They just put it in his hand and say, go. Yeah, they don't have a choice. And for the Rangers, it's Max Scherzer, who, like, normally, oh, Max Scherzer, future Hall of Famer against fought rookie. Uh, or fat rookie. <laughs> uh, we need Mike Gundy here on this one to uh, to help fat. us out. Thank you, Coach. Normally, you're like, oh, advantage Rangers for sure. But uh, Fott has been better than Scherzer in these playoffs. So 
Uh, we'll see what happens. Still a rookie World Series, tough spot for him. Once again, the Rangers Road Warriors, 7-0 and away from the Gilf in these playoffs. Hopefully they can find a way to uh, get a win tonight. But, yeah, this series, a lot of people are like, ah, it sucks. Who cares about these two teams? They're not that good. Small markets, this and that, whatever. Uh, it's been pretty good through two games, and it looks like we're in store for a fun one over the next let me let me ask you this uh all in all for malik murphy that start were you you're okay with that as a as a as a starting point a team that he just beat a team that was five and two were you were you good with the what happened around him what the players did around him oh for sure especially the defense and the special teams right okay. like they were awesome uh i'm okay with what malik murphy did uh, i was hoping we were going to be here talking about how malik looked even better than quinn and oh my god quinn might not get his job back and, and we're not having those conversations. So no. uh, the two turnovers, not good. Red zone inconsistencies, once again, that that's not a Malik problem because those have been problems all year. But the mechanics, not as good as I wanted them to be. And just inconsistent, understandable, like understandable. I, Malik Murphy, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks in my time watching college football have to get thrown into the season in the middle of the year look a lot worse than what oh, Malik yeah. looked oh, like on Saturday. Sure. So he was fine. He was he was okay. I do get worried about that offensive performance as a whole when you're playing better teams uh, like K-State and also when you're having to go on the road to TCU and Iowa State. I get worried that you're going to need more from this offense, but hopefully we do get more from this offense. Malik's got that first start under his belt. Uh, he's going to go back and watch some film and learn some things. He'll get another week of practice with the ones. So reason to think that it can look better than the just okay that we saw a couple of days ago. So offensive line has to play better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I would like the offensive line to play better and K-State's better up front defensively yes. than BYU is. So it's going to be tough. Uh, one more shout out to uh, my Kansas Jayhawks, by the way. Oh, thank you very, very much. There. Come on now, everyone. I, I know like some Texas fans are like, oh, we should be rooting for Oklahoma because if we play them again in Arlington, we want them to Never. be undefeated. No. I just I couldn't do it. Now I'm a Kansas fan, so of course I was rooting for Kansas. But I think most Texas fans, as that game was progressing, were like, "Nah, to hell with Oklahoma, dude. We want them to lose." And look, Kansas is good. They they should be seven and one. They're six and two right now. They're actually good. But uh, OU fans for years have been dunking on Texas for losing games to Kansas, and I guess they don't get to use that material. And I wonder, Buck, if Danny Stutzman's going to make a shirt that says. Oh, my. Kansas only fears God, but Oklahoma fears Kansas. Are we going to get that shirt made this week? Probably not. But will Kansas have some witty shirts made? Please do. Uh, nah, because they've been there before. Nah, not really. They did rip the goalpost. <laughs> they never into ripped the, the goalpost now. Did you see that? They threw oh, the yeah. goalpost into the uh, Potter Lake on campus. Great. Oh, man. Hold on. Let's uh, let's hear something from Brent Venables here. Uh, it's been just like you would expect. The fire hose is fully inserted uh, in my mouth here, and uh, we've been blowing and going. And so. Mm. Yeah, there's one in your mouth and one in your arse. <laughs> that's what Kansas did with the goalpost. They did. Really? Blow it. Oh, they put the goalpost in Brent Venables' ass? I did not <laughs> see that. I did not watch the X-rated hey, version. By the way, the he didn't see that coming either. Oh, he, did. he didn't see that coming. Yeah, wow. First, first Kansas win against a, a top 10 team at home since the 80s. They had lost 18 straight to Oklahoma. Uh, man, it's it's weird to be excited as a Kansas football fan, but plenty of reasons to be excited with 
Kansas football. And hey, that win looks more impressive for Texas. Yes, Texas it does. ran away and hid from Kansas. And uh, well, the Jayhawks playing some decent football this year. Big win for them. Quick shout out to Olipop. Want to give them some love. I got one more in the fridge. I'm about to crack me open a nice Olipop today. Great tasting soda that's actually good for you. Picks them up at HEB, Costco, Target, Walmart, Whole Foods, wherever you get your groceries. 7 Eleven, they've got them there too. Get you some Olipop. Oh, I'm excited about Saturday pregame show. Man, oh. am I pumped. At Schultz Garden. Yes, can't wait for that and can't wait to listen to our guys coming up next. We'll bring them on now. Rodney and Wags, Chaos Theory, coming from 10 to 11. What's up, gentlemen? It's cold, Happy man. Happy Monday, guys. About to play Jeez. some Monday morning quarterback here, talking about Malik Murphy. Great show as usual, guys, from you two. Cold, Rodney. Come on, Rodney. Let's go. Turn that hey. heat on. You're allowed. I know. I no. know. He can be expensive. Do, turn it well, on. You're allowed to turn I it turned on. I turned it on. I ain't even but bullshitting. I turned it on. My wife Did left you? this morning. My wife left this morning. She always leaves me a list of things to do. She's like, you don't touch that fucking thermostat. <laughs> don't turn the heat on. What up, CB? I told my wife tonight, I, have, I got a sweatshirt on. I said, I can make it here. And that's one thing about, you know, because we're going to get a generator because yeah. at this day and age around this place, the grid could screw up. The winter, if you have five or six days where it gets below zero. Okay, so yes. we're doing generator. I told her, listen, only thing I need to only need to, we need to do for the generator is pump water up from the well so that you can wash your hair and nobody's <laughs> putting buckets behind the toilet so you can take a piss or whatever you have to do. She doesn't do she doesn't do that. She has to have a shower. Me, yeah. I don't have to shower for months. It doesn't matter yeah. to me. I don't care. I'll put I'll put all the stuff in the freezer outside if it's cold. I'll roll around in my own funk for a year. Yeah, yeah I used to, I, I, I can, I've been living in this funk for life. I mean, it's I, it doesn't bother me. I don't care if I stink. You know, if I stink, yeah. people don't want to people don't want to be around me. So, so that's like great, great. Well, I mean, put I'm some double in here. Put some on the back of my neck. Any place yeah. I smell, I have to I think do it. The longest yeah. I've yeah. gone was fifty-seven days. Fifty-seven days. Fifty-seven days without a shower. Oh, I, I used to have to scratch my hair. To clean the dirt out, and then we'd take our K bar and clean the clean the dirt out from underneath our fingernails, and then scratch it again to get more dirt out of it. That was great. The uh, was great. the nut cheese on that. What deal? About oh my god! You should like the the nut cheese from oh. my nuts were were allowing the camis to just have starch <laughs> starch oh, with days, right? Jeez. Like oh. my nut my nut sweat was providing the starch. Boys. Oh, Oh. I, I had a buddy. I had a buddy that, that was the same way. I mean, he's like, man, I don't need to. I don't need to shower. I don't need to bathe. I, he, he said, if I dig around in my belly button and I oh. pull shit out, he's like, that's when it's time to get myself cleaned up. Oh that's when I get man, oh. it took like two days for me though. Uh on yeah. that on that note, uh, I'm slamming. 